where in the world is Patrick? We were all set to record this Nolan Batman episode like weeks ago, and then he bails because of work and obligations and all that crap. And now he's running late on the second try. Clearly, he doesn't know anything about podcasting. Ugh, where is that man? Speak of the devil and he shall appear. What the hell are you wearing? To speak of such a franchise, you must understand the characters. Oh, really? Does it look like Halloween? Granted, we're recording this on the 25th, so maybe this will go up right around Halloween. But that stupid mask doesn't matter on an audio show, my friend. And now you sound all muffled, and I'm guessing your delay was due to running around 24-7 looking for that stupid mask. How exactly is that supposed to help Sketch Watch play? Turn off the microphone. No, they stay on. It's my podcast. Does it feel like your podcast? I've let you guests start on the show again. And this gives you... Power over me? What is this? Your microphone and your laptop have been important. Until now. What are you? I'm Sketchwatch Plays Reckoning. Here to fill the void left since the Pokemon episode. You're an asshole. I'm a necessary asshole. <laughs> okay, that's good. I improvised that last bit. Yep. Hello everyone, and welcome to episode 20 of Sketch Watch Play. I am John Flurry. And I am No, Patrick. no, 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 we, we ended the skit. Take it off, get it off, it goes off. Do I? Take it do off. I have to? Yes. Oh, all right. Okay. <clears throat> that was for the sake of a joke. When you get to, we did, we have that sound kind of sound quality for the entire episode. Yeah. It's, I could, a, it's annoying. I could see that being wearing. Sorry. Which, and that's, I think like that's going to tie into when we talk about a certain character. Yep, fair enough. But, uh, thank you for so much for being back on the show. It's been a long time. Uh, it has been close to a year, actually. Um, Since the Pokemon episode. Yeah, one of our most popular episodes, actually. One of um, my, I, well, I've loved been listening to the podcast the whole yep. way through. I'm a couple episodes behind, but I, I, I've been listening throughout the year, and I How love everything. How dare you not stay up to date on your brother's activities? Yeah, I know. I'm a piece of crap. You I'm fiend. sorry. Yes. No, but seriously, um, for people who are either newer listeners or never listened to the Pokemon episode from late last year, or I guess it was, we filmed it, we, we, should, we recorded it on New Year's Eve, so it came out at the beginning of the year. Okay. But um, I really recommend people go back and listen to the one if they haven't. It was not only was it just fun to talk about Pokemon, but Patrick was just a fun guy to and gelled really well with talking with me and Chris about all sorts of stuff. Um, I believe we also talked about Rogue One, because uh, you guys yep. had seen it and I hadn't. It was right after that point. And... Uh, We've been meaning to have you back on a, on for a while. Um, there was just a little one little factor getting in the way, which was you've spent most of the past eight years or so living in New York City. Yep, and, and I just are, moved back into the D.C. area. And yes, the, about close to a month ago, we finally moved closer to home. And uh, since we are still in, I don't even know, it's the middle of our chrysalis period, mm-hmm. um, we're continuing this revolving door of guest hosts, old and new. Felipe kicked that off, and... Actually, for those who don't... Speaking follow- of which, sorry, I hate to interrupt. Have you um, gotten any closer to solving the puzzle of where Chris is? Was there any kind of like scavenger hunt left behind? Is there any kind of process? It, was, it was kind of one of those Professor Layton situations. I used all my hidden pin coins. Yeah. Still couldn't figure it out. And I just went, fuck it. We'll work with the puzzles afterwards. Yeah. Um, but no, in all, in all honesty, uh, I do want to, again, reach to discuss some things. Just if you want to, look, if you want to follow uh, the show and us in general and get more... Announcements ahead of time. We recent, I recently announced on the Sketch Watch Play Twitter. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook uh, under Sketch Watch Play. Uh, no spaces or hyphens or any of that nonsense. Um, so the, the the 
And if you'd like to find uh, my alternative podcast, Sketch-Watch-Play, uh, put in the hyphens. It's a, it's a very different show, and it is terrifying. What's it about? Um, it's about these, these, uh, these people I've locked in, like, an, an all-white room, and, uh, all they have is the first season of Pokemon playing on repeat, a sketch pad, and, uh, and we're watching them. Well, I'm doing the watching. So that's my sketch What have they drawn so far? Uh, nothing you'd want to see. Okay, no, you're nothing good. Right. If that's all they're exposed to, I, I, I don't want to, yeah. Um, but we've, I think we've talked enough Pokemon for one year. That seems fair. Though, you know, maybe I'll have you back when the Detective Pikachu movie comes out. Ugh, God. I'm so conflicted because it's being written by the woman who wrote Guardians of the Galaxy and the creator of Gravity Falls, which is a really good Disney Channel show, but it's a live-action world with a CG-talking Pikachu based on a game that never came out of Japan. I, I feel like it's not fair to stack it up against this, but like I just ever since the Dragon Ball Z movie, I've had no interest in seeing... This is a different beast, I feel. I hear what you're saying, but I, I, I saw that would be like if they were doing That would be like if they were doing a straight live-action version of the anime, which would also be terrifying. I don't yeah. know if they just do it like a new CG version. But that is not what we're here to talk about. Sure. But um, I will just say, again, if you if you follow our Twitter and Facebook, we usually announce new episodes in advance if we don't announce some on the show. And I do have the uh, following two episodes of this uh not dates locked, but the guests and subjects are locked. Uh, the episode after this will also, kind of a theme, since you are my brother, we will be having Chris's brother, Tyrone Selby, return, and we will be doing a, retro- a retrospective of all the theatrical X-Men movies. Dang, man. And a lot to cover. I, well, I'm halfway there. The problem is I have to catch up on the ones people say not to watch. Mm-hmm. And granted, finish Logan, which I watched half of, and that's a good movie, at least. Um, and then after that will be a, a debut guest, um, uh, Mark Gonzalez from... Surprise, surprise, the Generation Animation family. I have actually never uh, podcasted with him live before. On my guest appearance of that show, he didn't make it for some of them. Uh, and we've only had two of the five co-hosts on so far. People, if you've listened to the episodes with Felipe or Tyler, that's where they're from. Me and Chris have also guest starred on some of their shows, if you go look at them. Uh, and Mark is a really cool guy. We chat, we chat on Twitter sometimes. And he has picked another kind of gargantuan task, but thankfully I, one I have a lot of experience with. We're going to do a general retrospective of Final Fantasy. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's something I would have less to say. I, I, I don't you'd have, have some, experience. But, yeah. but not... If it was Kingdom Hearts, I think you'd be... If it was be, Kingdom Hearts, I'd be right in there. Well, I, you know what I'm going to say right now? I totally intend to do a retrospective right before 3 comes out. That's which fair. will hopefully be next year. I don't want Chris or anybody to jinx it by going like, well, they say next year. I'm like, no, dude, give me hope about something. The game's me, never coming out. Shut up. <laughs> shut up. Um, but... Now we now we do have a uh, very big topic to discuss for our main thing. If you either if you knew ahead of time or I don't know why you would skip past that opening because I was on the edge of my seat listening to that. Um, but also we do have some recent media to discuss. Uh, both games. Mine's a little more niche. So you go, let's go first, Patrick. You have been spending yeah. some quality time with Destiny Two. We all know what needs to be done. Get up close and personal with golf. Put a bullet in his head. Then maybe eat a sandwich. <laughs> yeah, so I was uh, a pretty huge fan of the first Destiny game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the I, I've I've always needed uh, I've always loved first person shooters, but I've or or third person shooters, but I've needed kind of a uh, I needed that kind of RPG feel of it to really I, let me drop in. I do find it a little ironic because I think we're both. Uh, admitted not Halo fans. No, I is... am. I would go so far as to say I like. I straight up could just never get into. But Halo. this is a very. But Destiny has been a very different beast from day one. Yeah, and I, you know, I'm I'm always a fan of you know doing some kind of like questing, like dungeon crawling kind of stuff to mm-hmm. to upgrade armor, etc. And it's... I think Destiny Two is uh, is an improvement on the on the first game. I I've 
really enjoyed they've put in a little bit more effort into the story um, so you feel a little bit more clear about what you're fighting for um, and it does feel like there's more on the line and more at stake uh, it's still I to be totally honest I'd still I'd still rather there was a little bit more story to it mm-hmm. um, but it it does have a, a, a really great format and I'm, I'm I'm excited to be back in the world a little bit and I hate to I, I know I said I was going to talk about one game but one other thing I do want to bring up sure. is that uh, at the beginning of October I did get to try yep. the beta for Battlefront 2 yes and you loved the first one as well I love Star Wars Battlefront I, I will admit that I think you know 50% of my love has nothing to do with like the game mechanics itself. But Star it's Wars. just it's Star Wars, and I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, also, if, if people are going to complain that it's inferior to the old ones, we never played the old ones, so never we cannot make ones. that comparison. Sorry, but uh, Battlefront Two is uh, kind of a, like a whole revamp. It's, it's yeah, it is very different. Now, it's got a class system. I want to bring up, even though you were a fan of both those first ones, they were they received a lot of criticism. Um, from reviewers and fans, and actually, I did like Battlefront too. Destiny just—I think in general, as a format wasn't my thing, but that Battlefront was pretty good. So, how do you think um, Battlefront also does in terms of addressing what people complained about in terms of mechanics and such? Well, I think there's there's a it's what I really like about it is that it's it's got it's got some class systems now. You have there's there's four okay. different troop types now. I do like that, um, which makes it feel a little bit. A little bit more diverse. It affects it affects your overall defenses and health and shields, but it also affects the types of weapons you can use. Do you have a favorite class? Uh, right now, there is like a like a heavy armored like uh, machine gun the class. Tank type. Yeah, tank type class that has been uh, pretty fun to do. But I haven't really played enough. I didn't have enough time during the beta to really dive deep into all of them. But there's there's also so many different upgrades, and they've they've updated the card system so that it's. It's uh, less about just unlocking new equipment, and it, you can now uh, unlock and change up your stats a lot more. Oh, it doesn't just affect your abilities, but your stats. Yep. Were stats even a thing in the first game? Not really. Just the weapons, I guess. Just the character. weapons. Okay. And I mean, you had you had star cards that you could use to modify a lot of the stuff you were doing. Right. But they were mostly about abilities. And also, and I'm all, you know, I, I know that there's going to be a lot of people with divided opinions on this, but... Um, Getting to play as some as kind of kind of over the course of all all seven movies eight this December uh, has actually been kind of fun. I had a really great time uh, playing as the battle droids from uh, from Phantom Menace. from Phantom Menace Roger, Roger. in the game Roger Roger. Uh, and I gotta say, I told you this already. I love the fact that when you complain about the prequels, the line you brought up was "I'm a Trotarian! I'm a Trotarian! Like, like, the like, the not, like not Jar Jar, not the Asian stereotypes, just. That Watto. Hmm. Well, it's just because I like doing the voice. Yeah, yeah. No. Um, but no, I think it's... I, I'm really excited about it. I don't have... Uh, I, you know, there's more maps, and there's there seems to be uh, just more work of unlocking to do, and I'm, I'm excited. Be, you say there seems to be more substance there. I think so, and I'm also super excited for the single-player campaign. Yeah. I know it's only five to seven hours long, most, but it's... Yeah, most be, shooter campaigns... Are, now, it, well, none of that was included in the beta, I'm guessing. No, none of, the, none of that was included in the beta, so mm-hmm. we're all going to have to wait and see on I that I do one. love the hook that is basically from a... The point of view of Imperial soldiers fall right after they, the Empire falls. Right after the Empire falls, kind of leading up to I think where I'm sure there's, Force there's, Awakens. I'm sure they're going to be stuff to like flesh out all the First Order stuff. I know, like I read, like if you read comics and stuff, the idea is that a bunch of Splinter Republics were 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 made and one that went in the wrong direction, and that's how it started over. And there also is a pretty I can't think of the name of it off the top of my head, but Google it if you're interested. There is a pre-novelization coming out. 
about the Inferno Squad, which is the group in Battlefront oh, 2 okay. that is about uh, what they were doing leading up to where the game starts. So there's, there's so it's kind of is it kind of what they were doing during the original trilogy? I think during uh, at least during Jedi. All of Jedi. Yeah. Um, but I'd have to go back and be sure. But I think the first cutscene is them on Endor watching the Death Star explode. Yeah, exactly. Like the opposite reaction to the end of that movie. Like, oh, no. Um, so I'm, I'm super excited for that. Yeah, uh, but, but, to... but but also Destiny. Yep. Do you, is there any other stuff you want to talk about regarding that in terms of what you've enjoyed and what's been, what's, what, like, what stands out to you about that game that's, like, discussion-worthy or bring up? I mean, the fact of the matter is, I think De- Destiny is great. The reason it works so well for me is because I'm not, like, a huge... First-person shooter, like four-player deathmatch style person. No, you kind of like. I guess you kind of like either cooperative or, or campaign stuff more. Yeah, and I think that Destiny, uh, something that it do, it's always done well, and I think does even better in this game, is it, it unites four to however many players on all on a common mission where you're forced yeah. to work together. And there's a lot more of that, and I think it's it, for me personally, it it is. A, a wonderful genre mix between the RPG and, and, yeah. and first. Yeah, I will say uh, co-op shooters. I I generally get more because I don't play that many shooters, so I suck at them. So I either enjoy stuff that forces you into teams like Overwatch, which I play a lot of. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also like when uh, other shooters do. You you played a game with horde modes, right? Yep. I I was interested in that with uh, Undead Nightmare, the Red Dead expansion. Okay, which that, I never played. But, but it, I, well, I mean, it, you know, if you played a horde mode, you know what to expect. It's just mm-hmm. you know, cowboys and zombies. It was pretty awesome, and I kind of like that. You know, last as long as you can element. That's why that's why I did a lot of in like GTA Online and such. Um, but Destiny so has, has. I'm guessing there's something like that, and I'm guessing there is still some form of traditional deathmatch for those who want it, like PvP. Yeah, because that is still a huge field. And yeah, uh, and that's just, that's that's and I understand why people love it. It's just not for me. No, but, it's, but I mean, it's also nice that they cater to both audiences. Yeah. Um, though I guess the, the the actual campaign caters more to the cooperative side of things. Yeah, I think in general, and also you you know there's there's. There seems to be a greater rewards when you're doing like big dungeon raids. There are a lot of games like that, that do that, yeah. Um, and so it really does it do the thing of having you play harder versions of old dungeons. Uh, you can go back and do. Uh, I mean, it's broken up into like there's huge planets basically, and they all mm-hmm. have like specific areas. And then once you like beat the game, you know, the story part of the yeah. game, there are all these other missions that are unlocked. That are some of them are very similar to older missions. I don't know if they're. I don't, yeah. sure. I don't know if they're exactly the same, but it's 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 a lot of going back and playing yeah. certainly harder missions. I've had one major dip into, into actual MMOs in the past. I know you used to play World of Warcraft and a little bit of the Old Republic. Yeah, and I my main exposure was Final Fantasy fourteen because I got I did a review of it a couple years back and kept going. And I, even though I never beat it, um, I did research into it, and that was the thing that that would encourage you to replay old dungeons and unlock hard versions of them because you would get better gear. Yeah. Like, they, they give you incentive. Like, the idea of, like, that loot systems are pretty ingenious when you think about it. Oh, yeah. And also, you know, D- Destiny provides you with a pretty cool system of, like, if you... There's, like, some, there's some like legendary or, like, yeah, exotic that's, that's versions of armor. Yeah. And if you... Uh, but if there, you find one that you, like, particularly love and you like that... It, one, you might even, like... You might just like the look, but you also might like mm-hmm. certain boosts it gives you. Um, it offers you the ability to hold on to that item, and even if you find someone stronger than it of the same type... You can make it appear. You can you can destroy the I've, old one and imbue no, it with that power. I've seen other loot games, like Final Fantasy XIV, actually, actually, you can unlock that later on. And very different type of game, but Injustice 2 is all about its loot system. And they have an option to... Uh, they call it, like, Transfigure, where you make one piece of gear look like another that you like the look of more. So that's kind of nice that they're starting to consider that. Um, so... Do you have any major gripes with Destiny 2, though, either compared to the first or on its own? Um, no, not major gripes. It's just, it's, I mean, it's the same thing I said at the beginning, which the is just that I, I would always prefer 
more story. Mm-hmm. And I get it because I get I, I understand why they do things the way they do things. But it's 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 and I and I, I am a person who will get like a little bit annoyed if I'm like feeling like I've got a cutscene every you know five minutes. Um, never play the Metal Gear Solid game. Yeah, no, believe me, that's kind of why I don't play them. Okay, but but I don't, I don't have any major major gripes with it yet. I'm I'm excited to see if it's anything like the first Destiny, then uh, the the content they're going to roll out post launch is going to be awesome. Yeah, Destiny One. Um, well, you came to Destiny One late, and I think people yeah. ge- people generally agreed by the time it was wrapping up, it was a much better game than when it had launched. Right. Because I think when they did the Taken King, they basically revamped the game as a whole. Mm-hmm. So it, it kind of helps that your first experiences were better than a lot of others. Because they might have had server issues at the beginning, too. Yeah, and I think um, when I started playing, there was only one more thing left to come yeah. out. I, but I got to get the impression, like, Bungie always had big ambitions and good ideas for the series. But it took uh, doing one full game to kind of to kind of start fine-tuning it. That's, a lot of great series are like that, yeah. start out that way. And, John, I know that there's a game you wanted to talk yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to... This is nowhere near as prominent a game, but uh, it's probably going to be one of my favorites of this year. And since it's an indie game, I think it deserves what hype it can get. Uh, I don't think you had heard of it until I told you about it. No. It is now available on PC, uh, coming to PS4 and Xbox One before the year's over, and I think they're said they're looking at the Switch. The 3D indie platformer A Hat in Time. Now, do you know anything about this? Um, I know about it just from you. Did you watch... I, Time to promote myself again. I did a video review of it just to to talk about the, the unique reasons why I loved it because uh, it was not for the reasons I was expecting. Which I did watch, and I will say to anybody out there, so that he doesn't have to plug himself too much. Uh, to anybody out there who isn't watching the Bahonkis video reviews, uh, go check out John's page. Check them out there; really fun, and they're really funny, and I think they are uh, mm-hmm. great ways to acquaint yourself with some titles you may have otherwise not yeah. explored. I've mostly been doing reviews lately, but I'm going to start doing more like like lists or underrated old games and such. Um, and again, if you want to Google anything I've done on like, because I use the same username about across pretty much everything. Just Google Bahonkis, B-E-H-O-N-K-I-S-S. I actually just hit 100,000. I wish. 100,000? Let's give it time. I hit 1,000 subscribers yesterday. And I'm sure part of that, because also the big, actually the most popular part of the channel is you, uh, someone, someone you're familiar with as well, our grandmother Mimi, uh, me showing her blockbusters and her just cracking up or being bewildered by them. And we just did one, uh, her, I think her fifth Marvel movie, maybe six, uh, the first Thor. Yep. Um, and the most viral one is her reacting to Darth Vader's reveal in Empire, like genuinely not knowing. She she went she made it all the way to 2016, not knowing. I mean, I Darth honestly, Vader was Luke's father. I honestly think. Oh, sorry. Spoiler alert to anybody on the podcast who doesn't know to that. To anybody like Mimi, yeah. To any nine year olds listening to this to listening to a podcast, yeah. Um, no, I actually, I mean, truthfully, I do think she probably hadn't seen the movies at all, in, as a whole because. It's the same reason, like, I tried showing her, I started showing her, um, like, movies I grew up with, like, Aladdin. And I was like, seriously, you, you babysat us when we were watching this. And she's like, yeah, but I never sat down and watched it. And she said the same thing about Star Wars. She was too busy raising our dad and his siblings. Uh, when she became a mom, that, that took top priority. And, and, but don't, but don't feel bad for her. She's a love, she loves, she's still a great grandma to this day. And she's just, she's just, she's the best. She is the best. And so anybody who wants to, uh, check these out, I sincerely think you should yes. go check out the Bahonkis page, uh, that's spelled again. Do you have a jingle? Not yet. Okay. Uh, well, not- I have a little old music chiptune thing I use. Okay, no, I got it. But I had in time. B-E-H-O-N-K-I-S-S, Bahonkis. It means butt. Is that good? Yeah, I'm, I, I wonder if I should edit out the last part. 
No, I should. No, I, I think shouldn't. it's clear. No, people. Well, most, no, did I ever tell you about the time that guy e- like sent me emailed me on a forum saying, like, "Dude, your username sounds really cool. I want to use it for the name of a villain in my story. Is that okay?" I said, "Sure, but you should know where it came from because it was one of your friends when like when I was like nine using it as for butt." Apparently, the actual thing is Bohunkus. I refuse that. Well, anyway, hat time. time. So, so this is a really sweet game. Interesting thing. This is was a crowdfunded uh, Kickstarter game, uh, and I contributed to it, which is how I got my copy four years ago. They were originally aiming for a summer of 2014 release with a budget with a goal of 30000 I think they got like 10 times that amount. So I feel like 90% of your money goes to kickstarting no, games. No, 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 no. 90% of it goes to, like, games. Game games. <laughs> um, and, like, like, this Friday, Mario Odyssey? Get, yep. out, get out of here. Um, but, no, ahead in time... I, and actually, I, I mean, I was at a point where I was think I wasn't thinking this game either. Either this game was gonna not just not come out because there've been a lot of delayed Kickstarter games to just stop, or it was just gonna come out and be underwhelming. Because um, I, I watched it in the past, I did like like uh, ukulele quite a bit. Uh, but think about like stuff like Mighty Number no. Nine. I feel like that's the most infamous. Like that did not work out the way anybody hoped. Uh, turns out, I'd say it's one of my favorite things to come from Kickstarter so far. So. I, I knew it was going to be like a return to like the classic style, 3D platforming, some collectibles, jumping on things, some side abilities, just a cute, whimsical uh, atmosphere. But I, what, I guess one of the things they used, uh, they put that money towards, is this. We were talking about when we liked how we like to have stories in games, and I complain like the platformer is my favorite genre, but more often than not, especially these days, it tends to really de-emphasize story. Um, like Nintendo's very guilty of this with stuff like Mario and Donkey Kong, some of our favorites. Uh, when Rayman came back with the side scrolls, they like just in the story and dialogue pretty much. Um, it, it's just kind of a shame because even though I love the rest of the game, like you know, but the characters are charming. I'm like, can we see them mess putts around? So that's what this developer gears for breakfast. Uh, apparently, this shows a, they wanted to show us like a very funny sounding name. This is their first game, and uh, almost the entire game is voice acted. And uh, with some generally talented uh, actors, some YouTubers, like a lot of indie people. Actually, the the main villain, uh, whose name is Mustache Girl, she's a little girl who happens to have a mustache. Classic. Uh, I, she did a voice for the WarioWare cartoon I never finished, the singing voice of Penny Krygor. Hmm. Um, very talented uh, lady, uh, Eileen Montgomery, I believe. And um, just, they do a clever thing where, like, each world, because, you know, it's kind of like Mario's style of, uh, you have a world, you go into each individual chapter to get a different main collectible. Uh, there, there's an overarching subplot to them. So, like, if you go into the spooky forest, right when it starts, a, a spirit catches you in a net and is like, all right, I need you to run my errand for me, um, sign the contract for your soul. And so it's all building up to you fighting back and, like, getting your soul back. And then <laughs> the cutest twist, because this main character is so freaking adorable, uh, Hack Kid. She's, like, this little girl with, like, a big smile and a top hat. She doesn't really say much. Um, but when he says, all right, you win here, just sign this contract to leave and never come back, she scratches that out and goes, like, no, no, the new stipulation is be nice, be my BFF, let's have fun. And he's, like, you don't know, get how contracts work, but all right. And um, it, there's just a lot of charm. Or how, like, one world, like, because it, 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 the cool thing it does, like, there are a lot of 3D platforms where you go back and, like, they do a lot of, like, different mini games and stuff to that variety, like, uh, anybody who's played DK64, welcome to bonus stage. Just throwing all this crazy stuff at you. The clever thing is, this does a lot of things where what you're doing changes, but it still gives you the same basic controls and abilities almost all the time. It feels very, so it feels genuinely intertwined. There's nothing jarring about it or feeling gimmicky. So, like, when you go on a level where you're on a train and there's a murder mystery, and you gotta go around the train being stealthy and collecting evidence, you're still using all of Hat Kid's normal moves. And then at the end, you can just choose any of the suspects, and it'll be like, Hat Kid, you did it? All right. <laughs> Um, I chose the suspect. The the, kill, the the victim did it, and then he got up. And was like, "Yeah, I don't want to mess with you." 
<laughs> um, it, it, it has kind of a dark ed- edge to its humor at times, like that the kind of stuff I'm talking about. Um, and actually, there's a haunted mansion level that is like legit terrifying. Look it up. Uh, I think it's Princess Vanessa's Castle or something. I was freaking out the first time I saw that because it is not something you see coming in that kind of game. Um, but not, so now it's like it runs well, it plays well. It's not super long, but I think it's just the right length of time for what you get. Um, but also, this is something I love because I have been kind of gravitating more towards using my PC for stuff outside of system exclusives. The developers have gone into this with full mod support in mind. Um, they're going to, I think it's in beta now, they're going to put out a full editor soon, and people can do like, you know, they can do custom skins and collars for Hat, hat, for hat Kid, other power-ups, because she's all about switching hats for different powers. So, of course, I've already got Mario's hat in there. I think I also got Rosalina's crown and a Hammer Brother helmet, and she throws the hammers. Classic. Um, and But also full levels. Like, you can re, you can use existing assets to make your own. People already, like, so people ported um, Womp's Castle from Mario 64. I'm sure we'll see, like, some Sonic and Rayman and stuff and such, but... And it's just very cool, like, it, when you read about how in-depth that stuff goes. Like, this game is going to have a long life beyond its base. And actually, they've said they're going to do two free DLC worlds later on, because those were Kickstarter stretch goals, as well as co-op, local and online. Cool. Like, this game really has delivered on its promises and then some, and I can't recommend it enough as a result. Um, I know you you said, you said your PC is not super powerful, but um, it is coming to PS, PS4 later on. Yeah, which I'll definitely have to check out um, when it does. And, oh, just for the record, you did very recently buy a Switch, too. I did, and so I'm like, you know... Eight months late in saying that Breath of the Wild is freaking awesome. I told. Well, I think, I think it's. Um, I think I convinced you because you came over to my place to try it out, and I mean to show it to you for a while. Yeah, I was just showing you how how, how it's like one of the best games to just mess around in, and that sold you pretty much. Pretty much, that was kind of the the final the um, nail in the coffin. Plus, I knew that Mario Odyssey was coming yeah, out really yeah, soon. You're very happy that we're turning to the open style. Yeah, I mean Mario 64. We've been talking a little bit about Sunshine. We do not like Sunshine people. It's not a big. Sunshine it was a stumble friend. for us. I actually recommend another podcast that just an episode about it, uh, Retronauts, because um, I feel like even if you like the game and that's fine, I think they kind of explain why a lot of the stu- why a lot of it's the things people take fault with it happened and how it kind of shaped. It may have been a motivator for Nintendo to make the games more linear and take so long to return to the open style. Yeah. But you were saying about 64. That's what, that's your favorite uh, Mario. I, it might be my favorite Mario. That or I mean, it's 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 definitely my favorite uh, 3D. 3D Mario. Yeah. Uh, when unless you know, I guess well, when you get into that, we can talk about whether or not Super Mario RPG is no, is a no, favorite, no, no, no. But it's, it, a, it's not a platformer. Yeah, it's a wonderful game though. Uh, but I I think I think it is probably uh, you know since the N sixty four my favorite Mario game, and I I I'm happy to see. Not just like it's it's not a return to form, but like a a, a return to the openness and kind of the exploration. They were probably encouraged when they saw how Breath of the Wild was coming along. Yeah, and I also also I love the fact they said like it is going to be like less overall levels because they're so much bigger. But they're going to be like thirty. It's not going to be like going where we'll find one star or moon and then it ends. It's going to be like there's going to be like thirty or so per row, and you can just keep going. It's like just encouraging experimentation and. And I, you heard me on the E3 episode, people. I freaked out when they announced the capture, the possession of the mechanic. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. Yeah. The only downside is now I don't think we'll ever need Yoshi again. Well, that's... I mean, the next thing could totally abandon it, so. Yeah, fair enough. But, uh, yeah, so I recommend The Hat in Time. Uh, you recommend Destiny 2. I recommend Destiny 2, and I, I think, I'm pretty sure I recommend Battlefront 2 as you well. You recommend the beta that is no longer available. Exactly. Uh, I will try and get see if I can get a quote from you when the full game is out. Even if I, I can't have you on the show, uh, I would say I'll do I'd do an impression of you, but I've never actually tried to do an impression of you. We'll just do an impression of Bane, and you'll get there. I don't know how good it be at that either. But uh, speaking of Bane, I think it's time for us to save what we have and move on to our monster of a topic. Really, yeah, huge a one. long time coming and one very dear to the both of us. But uh, let us pause 
and meditate on. Actually, no, I, I don't know what I'm going for. I'm gonna hit pause right now. He's a silent guardian, a watchful protector, a dark knight. So if you were were not aware on our Twitter and Facebook about what we were going to cover this episode, or if you missed us, or no, me, because you weren't on the last episode, you you didn't matter then. Thank you. Yeah. Um, you, th- th- but hopefully that intro to this episode uh, ticked you off. Ticked you off. I hope, I hope that intro pissed you off. Oh, fucking bang. God damn it, Batman. Oh, bang again? Screw you. No, um, we're about to talk a, uh, uh, it's been, well, it's weird to think that it ended five years ago. But uh, time does fly. Uh, a a certain trilogy that is very dear to us and a lot of other people, and especially fans of you know the franchise it is based on. Which some I think we'll talk about like what 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 can divide some people about it. But look, we both I'll just say right now, me me and you both love the Christopher Nolan Batman trilogy. I think it's great. It is it is really damn good. Um, me one particular, but all three are quality films. Uh, and of course, those being Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, and The Dark Knight Rises. Mm-hmm. I kind of like to call it the Dark Knight trilogy. It's just a little awkward because you don't have The Dark Knight Begins, but Batman Begins does sound better. Yeah, I call it the the Alfred trilogy, but that's fine. The Alfred trilogy. Well, you know, no, the, no, the Alfred movie was Lego Batman. I'll tell you that. That's true. That's when he finally suited up and kicked him out. <laughs> um, no, no, no. So this was. It's funny looking back at like what it, what motivated this movie to happen because. I think there's sometimes a case of sometimes you have to hit rock bottom before you can reach your peak, because this would not have happened if not for Batman and Robin. Which uh, I'm gonna go ahead and say now um, is a great movie. Okay, define great. Uh, it holds up. It's great to watch. Really good time. I love an ice pun. You're not making a very genuine face at me right now. Like the, you, you are not convincing me and. Like I, okay, so I, I will come out and say I do dislike Batman and Robin. It's a terrible movie. It's fun to watch. Okay. Terrible movie, though. But the biggest problem with Batman and Robin is that it robbed us of what might have been the greatest movie of all time, which was a Jeff Goldblum-led Scarecrow yes. movie, which that was a plan I will say would have been Dude. <laughs> amazing. Dude, he's in Thor next week. You're getting your Jeff Goldblum in a comic book movie very soon. I know, Deal but I, he would have just been off the hook. I, that would have been interesting, yeah. But no, no, no. I, I, I think I think the two of us... I, I wasn't sure. I thought you hated the first Tim Burton Batman. No, I liked no, the first Tim Burton Batman. That's a good movie. That was a little before our time in terms of like... There have been two times a Batman movie has taken the world by storm. That one in Dark Knight. Um, so I think our proper introduction to Batman was actually the cartoon. Oh, yeah, I think Batman the Animated Series was a... Well, one, it was a huge part of our childhood, mm-hmm. and I'm sure we'll get into it more in some, here. Some other time, in more in depth, but like we can talk about it a little bit. But that was... like I had heard of Batman before that, but that was how that was what familiarized me with kind of the basics of it, the idea and the characters. Right, and, I, you know, to be totally honest, I think, you know, when I think back, like, one of the most defining characters of anything in my childhood is Mark Hamill's Joker. Yeah. No, I actually, um, I, I told you one thing I want to talk about first is one thing that you, you're always want to hear fans about talk about is who is your favorite interpretation of a Batman character because there's just been so goddamn many. Mm-hmm. And um, truthfully, uh, Kevin Conroy, for those who know that was the voice of Batman in that and most stuff since, including the Arkham and Injustice games, he's my favorite Batman. Um, when I think Batman talking, I think that voice. But when I think Bruce Wayne, I think Christian Bale. That's interesting. I, no. I there's there's something very weird where for it, for somehow even though I didn't see the original Batman movie like all that often, when I think of Batman, I do think of Michael Keaton. He's he's good too. Um, I, I'm not big on him as Bruce Wayne. I think he looks a little too nerdy, but the, the Batman he worked. 
I kind of loved him. Yeah, no, he's, he's, he is good. Um, and as for Joker, for me, it is like dead even between Hamill and Heath Ledger because Hamill is the perfect traditional Joker. Like that was that whole show was very much inspired by like the, the classic era. It wasn't super dark. It was when it needed to be, but you know because it was for kids, they couldn't get away with everything. And so Hamill was a good like he could be just a goof, but also threatening. Ledger was something very unique. So I'm actually I can actually understand if you don't like the Ledger Joker because there it was. It was a divergence. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, actually, it's it's interesting. I think, you know, I will certainly go on to talk more about it, but I think the Heath yeah. Ledger Joker is uh, spectacular and super exciting and, like, a really interesting take. Um, but but when I think of the Joker, like, in general, the rest of my life, it's it's always going to be the Hamill Joker. Like, that is the defining performance I think I told you that after, sh- after me. showing Mimi uh, this trilogy and the Star Wars trilogy, I showed her a clip of 90s Joker, tried to get have her guess who it was. I told her, and she, like... Very loudly. Mimi does not get loud often. She went, you're kidding me. <laughs> that is kind of mind-blowing. But, um, yeah, so after after Batman, you know, the, the first Tim Burton one blew up big. Like, yeah. I'm aware of, like, what a big impact that movie had in terms of that was the one to first bring the superhero movie some credibility. And Batman as a whole, because for a while people just thought of Adam West. Right. Uh, the comics had gotten darker a few years beforehand with stuff like Dark Knight Returns. But this was kind of – that in the cartoon kind of clue people in, like, Batman could be some – go for other tones and styles. Uh, and then there you got a gradual slide in quality with mm-hmm. the sequels. Uh, granted, Returns is the only one I have not seen of all the made, and Adam West of the theatrical ones, so I can't speak for it. Forever was kind of blood, but was not a total train wreck. You were just telling me that the other day. You kind of feel that way same too. Like Jim Carrey fits that world. Yeah, I, I would say that, that something about that. While that movie is not a success overall, there's something uh, in the like just like the total like discombobulated insanity that makes a Jim Carrey Riddler. Uh, Acceptable and almost yes. still fun to watch. I can't defend the Two Face though, and I like Tommy Lee Jones. Oh no, it's rough stuff. Well, I think that was, that was, that was more of a, a character portrayal too. When we, but we'll get to that as well because we have a compared to make. But I appreciate that the fact that uh, like Batman and Robin wasn't just bad quickly. It like word of mouth spread and it underperformed. And that that not only did they put plans for that sequel on hold, the series took like I think like a seven year break. And there were a couple attempts to reboot. There was actually. There, did you hear about the attempt to do uh, Year One under Darren Aronofsky? Uh, I'd heard about an attempt to do a Year One movie at one point. Yes. But I don't really have much information on Darren it. Darren Aronofsky. Well, for Year One, um, I have not seen the com- read the comic, but I've seen the, the you should read movie. the comic. It's great. Yeah, I've read. I've seen the animated movie with based on, which is also good. It it's well, it's technically more of Gordon's story, but it's also it's the idea that Batman's just starting entering it. So he, it's kind of from Gordon's view of you know the outside looking in at a figure that nobody under knows much about quite yet. Uh, also, there's a great animated movie though that everyone should check out. I think Brian Cranston yes, is Commissioner yes, Gordon in it, and he's really good in it. Yeah. It's, um, and I've heard the com- and usually the comic is even better, so I recommend reading the comic too. But um, they were going to do some sort of uh, movie that was at least draw inspiration from that, um, and they had tapped Darren Aronofsky, who have done a wide variety of stuff, working for a dream. Your favorite movie, The Wrestler. Yeah, Patrick hates that movie. Um, and more recently, everybody's favorite movie, Mother. I, I have not seen I know, it. I haven't seen it either. I can't speak for it, but it sounds insane. Yep. But um, that didn't happen, and I actually don't know what led them to Christopher Nolan, because he had, you know, he had made a name for himself with Memento at this point, which admittedly I still haven't seen. There are a lot of Nolan movies I haven't seen. Um, I've heard nothing but good things, though. Yeah, Memento's a good one. Make sure, I don't know if it's been spoiled for you. No, it hasn't. Um, okay, great. Yeah, if Memento hasn't been spoiled for you, it's great. I, uh, I like it an awful lot. It's definitely... Uh, a, a, a grittier tone and like a lower. It's uh, Nolan. That's not surprising. Yeah, but it's it's uh, it's 
it's definitely a lower scale too. It's it's That's fine. Uh, very very cool yeah. though. It's a definitely so, good idea. But I guess because he this this very much was a director driven series compared to when you think of a lot of big commercial blockbusters like. Uh, I think he helped with the script along with his brother, uh, Jonathan Nolan, I mm-hmm. believe, on all three. Um, and I've read about, like, so th- 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 this took a very different angle in terms of this is the Batman series with generally its feet firmly planted in the real world. Yeah. You kind of, you even, like... This isn't Tim Burton's, like, super gothic... But this isn't also the comics cartoons and what we have now with, like, uh, you know, the additions of Superman and Apocalypse and just stuff that... right. Like, is, you couldn't really imagine the real world. Like his idea was um, take the basic foundation of Batman, the characters, and both ground them, and in some cases put a spin on them, especially with the, regarding the villains. Mm-hmm. And it paid off handsomely. Yeah, I would um, think so. Now I remember, I, th- I remember seeing Batman Begins with you and our dad. Yeah, and that all that that was all, that obviously I was very impressed by it. Yeah, um, and we're gonna go, no, we are gonna go with them in order, but I'll just say real quick. Then I was, I remember, I was not prepared for Dark Knight. I don't think many people were. Um, and it took me two viewings for me to realize that it might be my favorite live action movie ever. Because it's such a, a ride. Uh, and then Rise was the one I was, was the most hyped for. And I'd say it's still, it's still more on par with uh, Begins, but still a very solid movie. But, uh, but let's go in order. Yeah. So, Batman Begins. I feel like this is kind of a unique movie compared to the others in certain regards. One of those being the look. The one thing I think this the edge I think this has over the sequels is that this does go for a slightly more stylized Gotham. Yeah, a little bit, but I also think that uh, a lot of the stylized Gotham you're seeing is in is in more of the flashbacks, like when Bruce is younger. True, maybe and it's that feels a little bit on purpose. But also all the subway stuff, like the color scheme of, of it, even down the advertising was kind of more like a brown orange thing, and then when you got to the sequel, is more blue and gray. Right, and I actually think so. The reason that this, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say one thing that's about about as high a compliment as I can give for this movie is I do think uh, that this movie is the most successfully done origin story movie I've ever seen, Batman uh, or otherwise. Batman or otherwise. That's another uh, interesting thing is that you half the movie is the setup before he he even gets the suit. Like right, and I think I'm sure some people could take to take offense with that. I don't. I think this, I've heard a lot of people say like the favorite part of the intro. I I, I like the setup a little more, but it's it's still cool. Just this really fleshes out every aspect of how he got to this point because a lot of the Burton one was left to your imagination outside of the parents' death. Yeah, and I really feel like I I know a lot of people generally hate long origin stories, and you know I've seen Ang Lee's Hulk, and I get it. Well, also but when Spider Man did it twice, Spider Man did it Marvel twice. Marvel now wisely, but now we're going to skip that. <laughs> yeah, but I, I mean at the end of the day, it's 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 very interesting, and the reason I think, but it also the reason it serves to explain one of the reasons this movie feels so different from the following two movies is that unlike uh, Dark Knight or Dark Knight Rises, like this is like. Batman's movie like this movie is about Very Bruce true. Wayne and it is about Batman and you're not sitting around like getting excited or pumped for like the next time that like the villain is gonna you come out. You don't even see the actual villain until the last third. Right and and to be fair like you know we're, 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 we're given the Scarecrow information and I think you know I, I think uh, oh, what's the name? Killian Murphy. I think Killian Murphy does June, a... June Diane Rayfield. Yep. Does a wonderful job uh, in the movie, and I think he's great. He's great in a lot of Nolan stuff. He's good at playing a, a slightly quirky guy. Yeah, everyone like, should check out uh, Peaky Blinders too, which he's also wonderful on. Mm-hmm. And um, also, he—I think this made me realize uh, Christopher Nolan loves him and Michael and Michael. I say Michael Keaton, Michael Caine, because oh yeah, they're in everything. They're in everything he does, pretty much. But so I, I found it in that way. They did a very good job of of setting up a 
very compelling origin story, but I think one of the reasons it works so well is because the way that it's set up, we, we start with Bruce Wayne going through the, uh, you know, Ra's al Ghul's training and all that stuff, and at no point do we feel like that Ra's al Ghul is going to, you know, come back and attack again or anything like well, that, but we but we are, we are spared having to do too much villain setup because mm-hmm. it's all also a part of Bruce Wayne's journey. Yeah. Which is one of the reasons I now, do think it's very effective. I gotta ask, because you've read more Batman comics than me. I, I love superheroes, but I've read very few comics. Were you aware of Ra's al Ghul before seeing this movie back in the day? Yeah, yeah, but I mean, the Ra's al Ghul from the comics is like a very different thing. Cause, I mean, right, but I... There's all the Lazarus Pit stuff and the they, immortality. They do a kind of um, tribute to that in Rises, which we'll get to. Um, but I think he also has the idea that the Ra's al Ghul is a title that gets passed down in this series. Yeah. And he also has, uh, you know, the fake... Because I was not aware, so I was actually surprised when Duke Card, you know, the Liam Neeson character is revealed to be Roz. Right. Yeah. They, they even do a fake out because he's still got a, 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 a dummy, like a, 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 what's the word? Um, stand in? A stand in just to throw off, throw off, keep throwing off that illusion. And then, yeah. then he reveals himself to Bruce. Um, so that actually did, was a genuine, an effective uh, twist for me. And they kind of do pull a similar thing in Rises, which we'll get to. Um, also, I just love Liam Neeson in general. And it's yeah. kind of cool of him seeing both, be both the mentor and then become the mastermind. Um, and what are some other things I want to talk about with, with this? Uh, is there anything you want to say while I'm going through my list of things? <laughs> okay, I, I got some stuff, but um, just there's some good individual moments in it too. Um, one thing that the first two emphasize that that Rises doesn't do due to just the structure of his plot is the mob influence, like the, mm-hmm. the Falcone family. And one of my favorite parts is because Bruce starts out very rash and reckless, like he's going to go in with a gun, and and of course Falcone is so used to that. Not only he doesn't even just toss him out, he sits him down and just, like just flaunts his power yeah. just to put the voice parts like you can do nothing to me and then throws him out and you know the fact that he was that he robbed Bruce of his revenge with Joe Chill um, and though I'll bet like I think so, one interesting thing is like this I think this series technically pushes Batman's no kill rule that's in some media harder than the others but there's still a point he kills one person in each movie <laughs> yeah um, oh. and begins to, you know technically the whole because I know this bug people with his last word to Roz I won't kill you, but I don't have to save you. And I'm like, you know, if they were going to go the full hog, then he would probably just grab him and dump him off at the GCPD. Yeah. It didn't probably be that much. Uh, Dark Knight, at the end, he kills Two-Face, um, which I get, actually, because in the situation. And in Rise, it's... He doesn't even, kill Two-Face he, on purpose, though, either. It's not like a murder. Like, they both go flying down the... You get, yeah, you get it. And Rises, it's blink and you miss it when he shoots the uh, truck driver with uh, Talia on the end. And that, I get, where if you don't do this, everybody is nuked. But I think that's, that's, that's probably something, like, that... I, well, but then compared to Batman for Superman, like how much debate that kind of aspect will be handled? Because that does not. <laughs> they just went, no, 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 no. He's 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 a terrible killer. Um, but that's an interesting thing. And so, how do you feel about uh, Christian Bale as both Bruce and Batman in this? Um, I so I think Christian Bale as Bruce Wayne does a a very good job. I think he's he's a little bit more tortured and he's a little bit mm-hmm. more angsty than we're like allowed to see uh in but i do in, like the fact we still get the moments of him playing up the fake aspect like he crashes harvey's party and stuff. yeah and it's actually kind of reminiscent of like he's like a, he goes a little american psycho in it where it's like you see like the fake aspect of that kind of like come out and he's like but it's 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 nice because I, I actually do think you know uh of christian bale one thing he does have like a real talent for is like screaming at guys when they walk in front of the light on set sure that's not what i was gonna say but that's well, absolutely folks like man you're amateur um, I think he's got like a real talent for uh, portraying like very tortured people yeah. who are like you know putting up a fake persona. It's, he it's got amazing. an Oscar for basically doing that in The Fighter. Yeah, and where he also like lost eighty pounds, looked like a meth addict. Um, that was this, the Machinist. 
No, I think it was both movies. Oh. We lost a lot of weight. Um, I didn't see the machines. That was, oh, that's another Nolan one. I guess that it was was that in between between Begins and Dark Knight because he always I think has, Betweens and Dark Knight we had the Prestige. Okay, and then in between uh, Dark Knight Rises we had Inception. We right. fell in love with Tom Hardy and added him to his "You Got to Be in Every Movie" thing. Um, a few other things I want to talk about. Um, one thing that I always will always be mad about. Well, you're not mad about, but one thing I will always bring up because a lot of people are have to. The some of the action scenes in this are shot really poorly. Like in begins. It begins mainly. I always think of the temple fight when things go bad with him in the in the dark and the League of Shadows. Um, there's just a, they do a lot of in this movie a lot of real quick close up cuts of like well here's the battle right now here's his fist and it's just it can be very hard to follow if you don't go back and rewatch it and thankfully I think no one took this to heart um, the fights in the sequels are a lot more pulled back constant shots and you get a much better idea like imagine watching the Bane fights and having no idea what's going on that would suck yeah well I know that there was like you know something I I heard joked about a lot was you know and they even reference it in Dark Knight. Uh, when Batman talks about wanting to be able to turn his head, yes. is that uh, even for stunt doubles and stunt fighters, it is very hard to, to fight, fight in these costumes. And I believe Dark Knight was the first movie to actually do that. To have him turn his head? Even in the uh, Nolan... I mean, no, in the Schumacher and Burton movies, none of the, the costumes were capable of that. Yeah. And I think they reached a point where Nolan was like, no, we need to address this. Yeah. Which was smart. Because the new the redesigned costume in the sequels looks, look, look good, too. Looks great. Kind of the plates and stuff. I, also, I miss... I, 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 you know, of course I miss the nipples from the Batman and Robin costume. But uh, other than that, yeah, I think it's a really good improvement. Anyway. Yep. Oh, and I will also talk about this this this, this year's my introduction to the concept of Lucius Wright. I mean, no, Fox. Who's Lucius Wright? What, what am I talking about? Lucius Fox is... Um, it, it's a, it's a, it's a fun character. I like the idea of having one more uh, person on the inside about what's up with Bruce and Batman. It also kind of helps explain, like... Uh, the tech. Yep, there's there's like a little bit of a need for that, and there is like a because it does it does eliminate that like the weird need to have Bruce be like a technological genius. I mean, in a lot of both Batman things, I'm still like, who built the Batcave? You know, he had to hire somebody to build all this <laughs> shit, and they're just like, shh, it's 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 for other stuff. I'm for watching TV. Yep, it's, fair it's cool. Um, and you get fun stuff with it, like in Dark, like uh, in Dark Knight with the with the. Well, we'll get to that. I think we. But uh, anything else you want to say about Begins? Well, I do think that. Rolling into Lucius, one thing I will say that I was very hesitant of when I first saw it, but grew to love, is the Tumblr Batmobile. Yeah, um, I don't hate it, but I, I feel like that classic design from the Burton and cartoon is kind of hard to beat as Batmobiles go. And you'll notice they moved away from it in the sequels. I think they were conscious about the backlash, too. But it, it gets the job done. I do like the, the chase they have with it. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I pretty much like all the Tumblr scenes in the movie. And then I think, you know, to address it, when they wanted something like a little bit more... Fast-paced and less explosive. They did introduce the Bat Cycle, which was I dope. thought the Bat Pod. Is it the Bat Pod? Well, I mean, the iPod was big at the time, so maybe. So okay, great. So the Apple yeah. sponsored Bat. I like everything about the Tumblr except its bulkiness. I can leave it at that. Um, but it, you know, it took a it, it it took a bullet slash rocket for Harvey Dent, and I'll be forever grateful to it for that. Yep. It politely said goodbye to Bruce while he was ejecting. It was, mm-hmm. it was, a, it was a nice car. Nice yeah. Car, very kind. Very kind. Great heart. attitude. Um, and last thing I'll say is, uh, I just remember when I saw this with you and Dad. Um, might have been my second time. This movie is a cool thing of doing a sequel tease, but still wrapping up everything. So if it hadn't done well, you wouldn't be left like, well, it's unfulfilled. Where it's like Gordon is, um, you know, that it also ends with Batman Gordon. You kind of get the sense they're finally starting to build, build that camaraderie. Mm-hmm. Also, major shout-outs. This is, this is my go-to when I think of uh, Commissioner Gordon. Is, oh, uh, yeah. I mean, Gary Oldman's a good actor, actor in particular, but he also, he looks the part, too. Um, it's kind of, as much as I love J.K. Simmons, I don't know if he's going to be able to top that. Especially with the kind of scripts DC's cast nowadays. Yeah, but uh, the, just the fact that I remember that watching it in the theater, and you know, you get you get that line. He leaves a calling card, and I pull it out. 
I started clapping. And you just like pulled my arm. You're like, Take, cut it out. Yeah, we're gonna feed her. Um, it's you know, it's interesting. I think the uh, what what the ending of that movie does and the beginning of Dark Knight does so well um, is that it doesn't. It, it sets us up to, to, to expect the Joker and to know that and really to know at the end of that movie that like the greater like Batman universe might be coming it's into just this beginning. a little bit more. Exactly. Uh, but one thing it does really, really well is it doesn't make it too big of a deal at the end. Yeah. And then when the second movie starts, when Dark Knight starts, we're in a position where We're ready. Well we're ready, but also I think even like more importantly, Batman uh, for like the first, you know, third of the movie is not that focused on the Joker. He's not that worried about he's him. He's still rising. He's, he's, he's working with the mob, yep. and he's, he's working to he's working to fight the mob and help and, out Harvey and Dent it, and help out Harvey Dent, which he's which he's seeing as a as a much bigger problem at the time. And I actually believe that in his dealings with like realizing that these like these single insane people with you know a crazy amount of they can overpower if they, they have can, the following if they have which, the following or if they have just the the ability the to, following part that's even that's an even bigger aspect of rises. Yeah, which I think is which I think is why we see. Batman then take Bane as seriously as he does, like right from yeah, the beginning, yeah. right? Because he's learned from so the let's, Joker. So let's okay, let's move on to Dark Knight, and I'm about to. I, I honestly, this might be where I gush the most since Iron Giant because this I, I love this movie so goddamn much. And I can say right from the beginning that I love the opening of this movie so much with just the the that, bank robbery and the mini heist movie the mini heist movie that takes place and you just see the guys get killed off one by <laughs> one by one other. and it is just great all the way down to Will Fickner delivering like a, Fickner. a great scene uh to to write as Heath Ledger's Joker's reveal for the first yeah he didn't I, man good thing Joker killed the bus driver we wouldn't have a movie yeah right what bus driver <laughs> um also I just love the fact the first time watching it when he puts that little Thing in Victor's mouth, you're like, oh god, what's gonna happen? You're gonna, you're gonna walk out into his but It's just that's just him, a practical joke. Yep, that's like Joe, this Joker is like a, much more of a sadist, and he doesn't use any of the outlandish stuff that classic Joker does. Like he's about knives, guns. Uh, I think he even says at one point, gasoline. Yeah, matches. Um, I'm a man with simple tastes. Yeah, but just what a fascinating character study you get in this one movie, and also how ironic is it the one major villain who doesn't get killed off? They literally couldn't bring back. And it's you know, but it's interesting. You know, they they still do find the time to to make sure that he is still. I mean, he's still very funny at points in the movie. Oh, yeah. I mean, you think when he, he just steals from us? Yeah. Uh, here's like when he leaves his his business card, and it's just the Joker. Like, yeah, that is super funny. And he's got like a cartoon pool string of grenades. It's like, mm, mm, mm. oh yeah, yeah. And I also think, I mean, as as like totally as, messed up and like crazy as it is, the making the pencil disappear holy moment. Shit. Well, did you see that movie amazing. opening weekend? Yeah. I wish audience reaction to YouTube were a thing back then because that was an amazing reaction, like screams and applause and laughter all at once. Like, what a great way to establish this Joker. Yeah. It is funny, but also just horrific. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. And it's amazing how much no one gets away with, with PG-13 ratings the last two movies. Like, I would not show those to young, to young children. They are they are terrifying at many points. Yeah, I think... Uh... I, I really do. That's another, that's another thing that makes I think makes begins more unique. It feels a little more like general audiences. Mm-hmm. It's still dark, but I, I you probably had a small chance of traumatizing five year olds. Yeah, I think that's very true. Uh, this I think he got more. He probably got more clout after the success, and he was able to get away with more and push see how much he could push it. Um, and one of the things that people like to point out about Dark Knight and to a degree rises is that they aren't conventional superhero movies. They are crime thriller suspense movies with Batman in them. Yeah, I mean, I think that's 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 what's interesting about them is they they really don't take on like the, the there's there's like no 
there's no like costume obsession or like power or, or like there, there there aren't a lot of you know it action also, for action well, sake it scenes. Helps it's that all it's again it's world, but also Batman himself. He's like one of the only famous superheroes who doesn't have any actual powers. Right. He has the training. He has the money and the, and the gadgets, and he just has the know how for that kind of thing. And, and then, that fixes this kind of movie perfectly because a lot of it is him trying to track down the Joker with all these crazy gadgets. And I, I yeah, and I, and I will say on on top of all this, uh, as I said about, I think Begins is particularly uh, wonderful as a great origin story mm-hmm. movie. I think Dark Knight succeeds uh, in a very different, very difficult way uh, that we rarely see superhero movies succeed in, and that is having more than one villain. They do a great job do. of having multiple villains well, in this movie, and I. Lo- I mean, I, I think let's, you talk know, about Heath, let's talk about Heath, yeah. Heath Ledger deserves all the credit in the world for the Joker, but I don't think Aaron Eckhart gets enough credit for no, how he is great really Harvey good Dent was. for. Um, man, I always think about this stuff with him in the hospital. Like they do that silent scene when he realizes that Rachel is dead, and he's just having spasms. Oh, it's yeah. so powerful. And I remember every time I was just watching the first with someone for the first time when he goes, "Say it, say it," and they just go, like, "Oh God!" Oh yeah, and I will say, I. Uh, I feel like before the movie happened, I somehow like got like a. I somehow saw an image of like what his face looks like was after it, when uh, it becomes Two Face. When it becomes Two Face, and I didn't like it, but when I saw it in the movie in action, yeah. I was pretty thrilled to, about it. Because interesting to note, um, Nolan uses very minimal CG in his movies, and that applies to this too. I think even all the vehicle stuff, you can look up like the jet chases and rises was using practical props on like a crane, and they would green screen out the crane or something in post, huh. and. Uh, Obviously, I feel like if you wanted a really effective Two-Face, you got to do CG, and uh, it's effective. Oh, it's, yeah. It's horrifying looking. I mean, I think one of the greatest, like, Two-Face, like, seconds is when he's in the bar with that cop, and he takes the shot and has to wipe some of the yeah. shot off the side of his they face said, as it's come through his cheek. They said you were dead. Half. <laughs> um, and the actually interesting thing is, both, it's kind of true to Two-Face, but it's also its own unique thing, because... Um, Oh, I think one thing this movie does really well that a lot of other things, do, like like the the, the Dreamwalker skipped over, is that Harvey Dent was a really cool and good friend of Bruce before things went tits up for him. Mm-hmm. And you get much more of Harvey Dent than you do of Two-Face, and that makes his turn all the more effective and tragic. And it's also the fact that his motivation becomes different, because in the comics, he went on and he became, you know, kind of a corrupted gangster lord. Um, in this, you get the feel like, he's only after those who he thinks like he's gone crazy but he's only after those who he thinks are to blame for what happened to him and Rachel and you, you notice at the end like when when that final thing like Gordon's the last one he thinks and he hears that that the, the cops are called he's like you think I want to escape from this there is no escape like he was probably going, and like he, he does the coin flip for himself to see if he's going to shoot himself like he had a very short term span as Two-Face regardless of well, what, what happened with that yeah I mean I think that one of the things that's interesting about him is that he doesn't have there is no long game for him. And I there think, is no, is he, let's wait for him in the next movie. Like, people people thought that's what it was going to be, like, end with Two-Face being created, and then, like, third movie about that. Right, and I think I think what's interesting is, yeah, so the, there's, there's not, like, that whole, like, crime lord, yeah, like, rise thing, but there's also not, like, there's, like, this idea in the, in, you know, the, a lot of other uh, Batman material that he, like, flips a switch and, like, goes insane, uh, when 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 the two face things happen to him, and and Aaron Eckhart's two face like isn't insane. He's he, someone who is just pushed to like a to to kind of evil. He limits, does but, kind of lose it toward the end when like what he's doing to Gordon, like he crosses a moral line, but it's because he feels like he's justified after something really really awful happened to him. Right, but yeah, I, I think I think it's like it's a little bit different than than the two face. You kind of get it. Yeah, he's not just crazy, but he's he's motivated 
motivationally awful. But it's it, that's, I, I just but I also like the fact that it's a one and done deal. Though I do remember for years before Rises was out, people were wondering if he was actually dead because you do see his funeral, but they don't confirm that he's a corpse at the end. I remember when um I read when Aaron Eckhart was doing a promotion for something else. His the first thing he said on the stage was, "Let me just say that Harvey Dent is dead." Like, he has confirmed, like, no, they're not calling me back. They killed him off. Well, John Snow did that well, during a Comic-Con panel, and he lied. Well, Aaron Eckhart did not lie. He was, he was in his Harvey Dent mode, not Two-Face mode. But also, just other things to talk about. With let, let, Let's talk about Ledger. Let's talk about Joker a little more. Um, now, to be fair, I feel like there's very few things less we can say that haven't been said, but it really is that, like, momentous. It is. It's, Monumental, I'm sorry. It's just the most, like, memorable and... Uh, and just totally devotedly fun, like portrayal monster. monster, but like, but also just like, wow! It's just there's something about like all the little idiosyncrasies with Joker, all the way down to like him licking his lips. I was all the just time, reading that are like so that are just that make him uh, such a complete yeah. And props to for love because I just read like I read uh, I dug up some old interviews. Um, one of the best scenes, obviously, is when the first time he and Batman meet face to face during the interrogation. Ledger had um, Bale. Like, legit hit him. Ugh. He was committed. And also, they asked uh, Bale about the licking his lips. He said, basically, uh, part of the makeup for, you know, the cut lip, the scarred lips was uh, prosthetics that would sometimes peel off his lip. And he would lick them back into place. And he decided to incorporate that into the character. It's just an odd tick. Huh. And it, it, it adds to it. Just like It does add a lot. It's just so weird. And, um, and man, one of my favorite moments. Um, the whole interrogation scene is great. But, like, when they add a whole new under level, when, like, they realize that Rachel's involved. And that's what we were surprised, too, her death. Like, that's like, like that, was be like, that would be like killing off Lois Lane um, in this kind of movie. Like, I did not see that coming. But just the fact that Batman is beating the shit out of him. And he gives that great line. He's just laughing, like... Pain doesn't seem to phase him that much, but then he, starts, he like points out, like, you have nothing to threaten me with. You have all this strength. You just be beating on me. I, I have total control over you. And even then, when he tells them where they are, you notice he switches the addresses. Yeah. So people are confused. We're like, he said he'll go for Rachel. Why did he with Harvey? Because Joker was still fucking with him. And uh, um, but I know that a few other things to, to talk about with it. Um, one of my favorite... Both this and Rises do some of my favorite things with, like, its villain's mo- musical motif and from very different ends of the spectrum. Because you notice uh, a lot of stuff when Joker's building up to something or when something is building up to something, they have that one held violin string just gradually rising and rising and rising. And props to Hans Zimmer. Like, that is ingenious because the first time I saw that, like, it is such a tense movie. Yeah. Maybe one of the tense, maybe the tenses I've ever watched because I was so invested in it and because I, I, if, if the first time you watch it, you, it's hard to tell where it's going about things. Yeah. Oh Other than God, knowing yes. you're going to get Two-Face, like, you don't know what Joker's plan is and he proves up till the end, even to, to, to just be ahead of the game. And even then he still was a, he- a little bit ahead because of, because of what he did to, to Harvey. Well, and that's the, the fact of the matter too is it's, it's actually kind of fascinating the way Joker goes out at the end because he, even 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 when Batman you know captures him or ties mm-hmm. strings him up, like he will be in a jail cell. He hasn't like destroyed him at all. Like Joker is still upside down, laughing. Like yeah, like he's, he's well. This Joker is. I'm pretty sure he does not feel fear because remember, there's that point where you th- the first time you talk, you think he's killed him for a second. He throws him off the building, kind of Burton style, and Joker's just laughing. He's doing the like this is fun. Yeah, like Joker doesn't also let's see offers to have probably shoot him. To yeah, like, make more anarchy. He does not give a shit about his safety or life because his his ideal is he goes into it in the interrogation scene and when he's with Harvey, like when like 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 one contradiction to the movie is like he says he doesn't have plans. He does, but his end goal is 
not a concrete thing. He's like, I'm like a, a dog chasing a car. I wouldn't know what to do with one if I actually caught it. All he wants to do is, like, he's convinced that people's morality at its co- at their core can be the same as his, and he wants to make Gotham be like him. Yeah. Ultimately, that backfires with the boats, but and I mean, it comes, I mean, free, the, comes close. There's, there's like a, it, it seems like a simplification, but it's not. And there's, you know, that amazing monologue from Michael Caine in this movie where he oh. talks about, you know, those gems that he, that he let, that, 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 thank you. And probably, um, at least probably the most famous Alfred line. And it's, you know, some people just want to watch the world burn. And it yes. is, it's, it's, it's funny because you have to like, that, that is like the thesis statement of the entire movie. Like at the end of the day, Joker doesn't have like some He burns huge, all his money. Yeah, he, he burns. He kills all the mob bosses. Yep. Like that's not a villain approach you see in many movies. No. You're generally either someone who's power hungry or has like a vendetta against someone. Like we just watched Civil War, Captain America Civil War last time. That's a unique Marvel villain that he just has a vendetta. Also, I got to say that five minutes before it ended during the last fight, our mom just turned to us and just met, matter of factly, this is sad. This is sad. She turned into Mimi basically. But one thing I will say, just the last thing I'm going to touch on with Heath Ledger and mm-hmm. Joker is that I think, you know, no matter what would have happened, this role would have gone down for a while. It's like Man. extremely amazing. But um, something about going to see this movie—that was part of the and hype. Knowing that the actor was had had died, and there was also all that like kind of like kind of BS around the fact that the playing the Joker is what did it to him. No, no, which just like isn't really the case. But it's a dental prescription overdose. Yeah, and and that's and that's that's very it sad. Sucks. And I'm not trying to minimize this thing. But what I will say is, with all that hype and like insanity around it, it almost made the Joker seem like larger than life. Larger than life. Yeah, like, like he was like like he, it was it was almost like the character had had transcended gone fr- transcended further than this movie. And in that way, you know, not that I would ever want this to happen again. It has made this character larger than most movie characters yeah. could ever be. I feel like my admiration would still be the same for him uh, if, if Ledger was alive. Because now I, it just makes me sad that you know they want to do something with him in Rises. Like, yeah, obviously he wouldn't have been the main villain, but you could have seen him, like, switching allegiances, like Catwoman style. Oh, probably. And I'm not, you know, I'm certainly not happy Heath Ledger's dead. No. I'm just saying that I think it does, It there there is something about this happening that does at color, a color your feelings during the movie. That's true. And it is worth noting, like, the, I remember the moment this movie blew up, because um, also worth noting, uh, Nolan, had not, with each movie, he did not uh, have a sequel completely. He, he was like, I'll consider it, but I have no concrete plans. He hmm. was kind of like winging it with each one and seeing where it would go and how he felt. Because I mean, he knows he would do movies in between, too, because in between this and Rises of Inception and, uh, and met half the cast of Rises. Yeah. And um, so it, it, we talk about, like, Begins has like a good, like cute little setup. Dark Knight, like if it had been the last, you would have been left wanting a little more. But it's still just a fascinating note to end on with where Batman's position becomes mm-hmm. and what is. We really touch on like what he's what he's become known for years later in Rises and yeah. then how it affected Bruce Wayne. Um, so it's just kind of interesting. That, and, but I do know he like he and Morris confirmed like the immediately like if we do a sequel, no, we're not going to recast the Joker. We're not going to bring him back out of respect for Heath. Yeah, I think that was the right thing to do. It was. It would have just been distracting if they got Jared Leto in. <laughs> oh my god, I don't even want to talk about that. I still haven't seen it, so it's fine. It's trash. Um, okay. I will say, so uh, another thing that I think is interesting, we are all, I think, pretty used to, like, if anyone familiar with, like, other Batman stuff, we're, like, all pretty used to the idea of him being uh, a vigilante who's, like, blamed for a lot of the stuff around the city. Mm-hmm. Um, but he has some supporters, but he has some he's supporters, a very divisive figure. He's a divisive him. figure. And really, up until the end of the second movie, he's not that way. They're he's, leaning towards him being a hero for everyone. Yeah, and I think it, this movie does a very interesting thing where, and leading into the 
third movie that I actually kind of like. Some people hate it. I do not. That is that is when when Batman becomes this villainous figure. Like Bruce Wayne no longer wants to inflict him upon the city. He like takes the total yeah. brunt about it. That actually and retires is, Batman. Well, about that actually was one thing I wish he had a different approach with Thin Rises, which was that he kept doing it, but it was thankless. But it still it still has some interesting. It has I still it still has some it leads to interesting motivation what they did in Rises about getting back in the game. And just the last thing I want to talk about with with Dark Knight, and then we can move, we can move on to the final one. Actually, no, but I'll say my last sure thing. This this movie is what sold me on on uh, on Gordon. Um, mm-hmm. Begins already done a great job, but like. He just, I feel like he becomes increasingly integral with each entry to yeah, degree. Yeah, and actually I would say uh, this is a, actually a pretty good segue because Gordon gets a, a like, he may not be in Rises quite as much, but he really gets his, like, characters, like... Man, like, his moment to shine. I will, I'll, I'll get to know, I'll say it right now. The most, I think the most badass Gordon moment in the entire trilogy is when he's on trial and it's like they're doing the Death or Exile thing. It's like, no, I know what you're up to. Death. I'm gonna die like a man, and then score Scarecrow Punk's the death by exile. Yeah. Um, but like, I, I I felt for him in this movie too. Like, I was just, like, I was fooled when I first saw it because you think like midway through he's just, he's killed, but then it's a joyous moment when he comes back. And actually, I should have seen it coming because you can see hear the clip. Evening, commissioner. And I forgot when he died, he wasn't commissioner yet. Oh man, that great scene when he kills like that. When he's like, all of Joker's assassinations in this are so effective. Uh, like, don't drink that. And then like, <laughs> the, the judge gets in the car. Up, oh, just that look like, huh. <laughs> Um, oh my god, that uh, that video of him killing the, the, the costume Batman imposter, that's chilling. I, I've heard that like the, the guy who was in that scene said like doing that with Heath Ledger like was scary. When he just suddenly, look at me! Like the, the, one of the only times he gets that kind of voice. Yeah. It's so jarring and scary. So I did read like technically Heath Ledger directed that scene because that was him holding the, oh, the camera. And they loved how it turned out. Um, and the last thing I want to say about Joker... I'm a man of my word. <laughs> I heard some people point out his laugh is kind of similar to the Adam West version. Oh, I the, don't know. The, I, I, I think that's kind of how that Joker laughed. Huh. Um, obviously not the rest of the character, but like, like um, I actually remember reading. He later said that if they, he had wanted, they had wanted to do something. Like, I knew the, they wanted him to do the big. Uh, if they'd gotten Tim Burton back for another movie and want to recast the Joker, he wouldn't have done it because he admired Nicholson too much. Um, but when they said there was a chance to do something fresh, that's what interested him. Because he, yeah. he, did, he didn't want to tread on, on the coattail, so good for him. Hmm. Um, but the last thing I'll say about Joker, one thing, I'm, gl- I'm actually glad this is one thing I had spoiled for me before I saw it. The fact that he keeps making up new origin stories, tied to the fact that at the end of the day, you still have no idea where he came from or what made I him that, that way. Because if, if I if first walked in, like, wait, all it was that his dad abused him? Like, that's, it's kind of the thing people talk about with Anakin Skywalker. Like, when you have such a great villain, it's hard to live up. To with the origin, which is maybe to anybody in the entertainment industry listening to this podcast. Oh, I know what you're saying. Why you shouldn't make <laughs> a Joker origin movie? But Scorsese might be involved, man. Who <laughs> cares? You cannot do like. There's no way they will write something like. I mean, they get Jared Leto in young makeup. It'll be awesome, man. Oh my god, was, what a disaster. <laughs> we'll always have Ledger. Yeah. Well, no, we won't. I mean, to go back to him. Yeah. We still have Hamill. Yeah, but um, anyway, I think we've. It does seem we spend the most time on 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 Dark Knight. Surprise, and just, surprise! And just anybody out there, before we move on to Rises, I will say if you have not ever in your life gone onto YouTube and watched any of the videos of Mark Hamill recording Joker's voices, like next to the animations, like where they they split the screen, do it for yourself. He's it know, is so wonderful. I know to he's watch. also been doing thing lately where he reads Trump's tweets in the Joker voice. Yes, and that's amazing too. How perfect. Um. But uh, I feel like there was one more thing I wanted to say about going forward. But no, we, we can keep going. Um, 
So now we get to The Dark Knight Rises, and I can sum it up in two words. Deshi. Basara. Deshi. Basara. 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 I mean, you're just looking at me like so judgmental. Um, no, but seriously, I, one of the things I love most about that is you got the feeling that Zimmer didn't want to just recycle the motifs. So like, each movie adds a motif. The first one had that the general Batman theme. Mm-hmm. The second one was I, I brought up Joker's violin thing. And like I said, like I said, how that went for opposite angles with Bane. Like the thing I considered Bane's motif, and they played through a lot of the most intense moments, including the planes in the beginning and the climax, just when everything goes to shit. Is that that you know that kind of like they have a, an orchestra, a whole orchestra rising, dun, 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 and then just pounding drums, like like. This is the most epic of the three movies. Like, you get the feeling that if, if Nolan was... Because Nolan said to me, like, this is when, like, when he was done. So he was like, I gotta go out, like, big. Yeah, and you know, one thing I really like about it is it is is because they've done such a good job of grounding these movies, it's like, it doesn't it doesn't suffer from, like, the like the diehard syndrome of it's like... it's like yes, Or saying it to be bigger? Well, yeah, there's like, there's like, yes, like, there's like a, a nuke that could destroy Gotham in this movie. Right. But at no point in this movie do I feel like it's... It's jumped the shark like the diehard movies have. No, like, and I'm gonna get like into the people are still are still like there's still like a lot of good like street level fighting, yeah, and it's yeah. all it's all seems like a little bit more realistic in the way that it's set up, and it it just makes a lot of it it never feels like uh like it's yeah like lost its thread. Yeah, no, and I want to say um getting on just really briefly touching also on on Dark Knight. One of my coworkers at the movie theater. Um, I stopped talking about the movies because he said, you know what, if Dark Knight didn't have the Joker, it would just be a standard crappy sequel. Not so rough. if it didn't have what 90% of its story revolved around. It's, that's, a, that's a non-argument. Yeah, but this, but no, but Rise is, I have no doubt in my mind, this is the most divisive of the three. Not in oh, terms yeah. of where people rank it, but just how they feel about it in general. Like There are a lot of people who love the first two and hated this. There are people who I, I think you're kind of on more even terms um, in terms of ranking. And, but for me, this is – I feel like Begins and Rises are on a pedestal of very good to great movies. And then Dark Knight is on a level just beyond everything. And it's kind of odd, but I, I this is also, I think, for me, the most peaks and valleys of a movie in terms of what I love and, and hate most about it. Hate's kind of strong for the most part. But um, I kind of get why – I, I, this is the one kind of movie where I won't argue with somebody who says they hate it or says they love it because I can understand both, and I'm in the really like it camp. Yeah, I mean, uh, for myself, I I think I'm in the uh, the really really like it yeah, camp. Yeah, no, I, you were, we, I we like were it a lot, but I, and I, I would ju- say I probably like it more than Begins, mm-hmm. um, which I know is not the common thing. But I, I also uh, I I will say I, I know that I'm in a very much smaller camp here where I don't just uh, like Tom Hardy as Bane. I love him. I think well, he's great. I love the voice. I love everything. And I'm going to do thing. it more. That's the thing. I'll get into it more, but I wrote I, a I list here. It. I want to get my complaints out of the way just so people who listen to this loving this think I I want to get it out of the way so they won't be like, you hate this movie? No, I don't. I really like this movie. Great. But um, I'll, yeah, I'll start with that. Like, I was – now, part of the problem was like this was the most hyped after Dark Knight. How could it not be? Mm-hmm. And that's a very that's a hard act to follow, especially when you can't rely on on Ledger anymore. Be ready for me to debate every point you make, but yeah, go ahead. You can if you want, but I'm I'm not going to dwell on them because they didn't ruin the movie for me. Sure. Um, now I was very interested in Bane um, because let's also not forget Bane was technically in Batman Robin, and that was a massacre. That was a character assassination. Yeah. To have just these big dumb heavy going bomb, Bane. Um, and granted, this movie takes a different approach from too. Also, kind of an under the radar whitewashing because Bane is typically Hispanic and other stuff. But um, so the Bane in the comics and other general media media is kind of a mercenary slash assassin for hire, and he is merciless and cold and 
and jacked up. And, the, and those versions are because he's, he's injected with like a venom, this thing called venom, which is like a, a ster- super steroid. And this is because they established he was mutilated and he's on pain meds through the mask, kind of. This is, has Bane reimagined. I actually met someone who didn't like it because Bane was different in this. Here, Bane and, of course, his partner in crime, spoilers, Talia, are terrorist masterminds and who were... Who are you know they they are from the same literally from the same school of evil as as Ra's al Ghul but was excommunicated for being too nuts, uh, and hit where Ra's al Ghul wants to you know kind of vaporize part of Gotham to teach his lesson because they're all about you know they're all about like you know technically a good cause or motivation to weed out the corruption and evil, but their idea of solving it is to kill all of Gotham and that's of course what Batman's point out like you're willing to sacrifice millions and so the fact that this is this established on a big scale like there's a lot of you get a lot of hints at how bane and his crew like has so much they've weeded in it's like the the hydra thing in shield like so many people in gotham now you can't trust um and that that's what enables them to pull off something like this movie is a kind of you kind of get the feeling it's divided into two halves structurally build up to when shit hits the fan and then when shit really hits the fan, but let me okay, you know, let me get through my my bad list first. Um, I actually do like the character of Blake, the Joshua Gordon Levitt, you know, the Robin, quote unquote. He, he is Robin, yeah. but actually, I remember because people were had been asking, uh, Nolan, are you going to include Robin? He's like, I'm not going to include just the regular Robin as it is. I'd have to reinvent him, and he kept the secret. It's the last minute of that movie, and I do like Blake. He's a very noble. I, I love the fact that um. That part where they almost assassinate him, and you can see him, he's fucking terrified. Yeah. And so awesome Batman comes up, but it's like, he's, he is a true hero, and I don't feel bad that he's, you know, spoilers, he inherits the, the mantle to some sort. Um, yeah. I did not like the fact that he says he was able to tell as a kid that Bruce was Batman. I think that was, you were able to deal with. Yeah, I think even I'm, and I, I'm a big defender of this movie, that was uh, a little weak. Because <laughs> Bruce was not a genius as a kid. I, I get it, like, that, like, Blake says he has, like, a kindred upbringing, up- but... I don't know. They could have had a different way of him finding out. Um, that's my only right for the character as a whole, though. Also, this I, this is not handle romances with Bruce as well as the whole as all the uh, Rachel stuff. They both feel very kind of out of nowhere, but also just rushed. Both Selena and uh, Miranda. Yeah, here's I I believe that we could have had a uh, I I think I think it was a mistake not to have Selena Kyle uh, appear. Earlier in this series of films, as a mm-hmm. maybe as a smaller role, I would have loved it if she'd played a small part. And flirting with him early on, fl- flirting with him early on, maybe or maybe just being some kind of even if she had appeared in the last movie as like a a, a Easter egg kind of thing, a, a small Easter egg or just someone like in a small scene, something like that, just so that it it didn't all feel so slapdash. Now I get the impression she was was interested in Bruce, but didn't like his morals. But I guess the problem is for me, it comes off that he's more interested in just trying to guide her down the right path than, oh, I'm in love with you. Mm-hmm. Like, I actually remember, I saw this opening the night with our dad, and he actually didn't like it. This is his least favorite by far. And I remember there's that you know, that cool scene, the ballroom dance, where she's kind of hinting at what's about to come because she's in the know. But she runs off, and she comes back and kisses him. I remember one guy in the corner of the audience just went, what the fuck? <laughs> he didn't and do I mean, it for Miranda, but that, that, that one set up a little bit more. You kind of get the feeling they're a little interested in each other, but then it's like, oh, they're banging on yeah, and I, I mean, it was it was kind of an interesting thing because it was like it was it was well timed like politically in the world too because it was like right during Occupy that one Wall more... Street and like oh the, it, yeah, all the was one percent ninety percent rising up, but uh, uh, not handling it. But the the, the the I'm not talking about the movie in general. I think some people could argue about that, but uh, the, what happened ninety percent does something does think the wrong way. <laughs> yeah, but I will say because well, well, about... I do agree that both the Talia and the uh, Selena Kyle thing both feel a little rushed. 
My, uh, I, I will say one thing that I know a lot of people disagree with me on. I do think Anne Hathaway does do a very oh, good no, job. Oh, no, no. The character movie. of Selena Kyle, I think, is really fun in this because that's something that is key of Catwoman, not just the, the Batman. I actually, I, but I, I, I'll admit, I'm not a fan of the idea of them hooking up because I just feel like their morals are too greatly different. Granted, you get the feeling she's probably mellowed out by the end because ch- he changed him. But in other media, like, I, 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 you've not played, um, much, I don't think you've played it yet, but I played the Telltale Batman series. And that gives you the option at one point make out with Selena or just say no. And I went with no because. Oh. Yeah, I know. But I, I, I like her as a character, but I feel like Batman should be someone who has a bit more morals. But I guess you could argue that maybe, like, he has some repression in it. But, but that, 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 I don't want that to be the whole discussion. Also, um,. Just I'm so let you just rush through my complaints. Um, rush through my complaints. I, I don't want to be a downer, but the big one, I think, the one that people will complain about. This movie has little plot holes up out the ass, and it's it's kind of. I remember the first time I saw, I was taken out for like a minute, where you know we get the because I love all the stuff with the the pit and like the like. We'll get to that. That's going to cut down to what I love. So he gets out. You know, he's somewhere in India or whatever. Then cut to Selena, and then he comes out the house. Hey, I'm back. I'm like, I have several questions. Uh, yeah. How did you get across the world with no money and being assumed dead? How did you sneak back into? I always he does say show the exit, but that's the main one. Like how how transport uh, Bruce fill us in a little bit. I'm fine with not showing you shaving because you had that, that, that scruffy beard and you got that, and Batman shouldn't have a beard. Um, yeah, there's... I'm just less worried about that. It doesn't bother me very much. And I when, understand. I, when I showed it to Mimi, she didn't even notice until I brought it up. Sure. Uh, Another little ones. Like, this is nitpicking, but the fact that um. You know, Gordon is the first to discover Bane's activities, and he name drops him, but nobody says Bane's name, and he had not heard of Bane until that happened. Like, yeah. you could have figured out with one word with Edmund going, hey, Bane. Um, you know, that's a great scene. Like, you you panicked. Um, and uh, probably some other ones I can't remember, but I'm just, I'm not going to dwell on that. And also, another kind of a big one, uh, they add a lot of new characters in this and keep some of the old ones. Um, yes, and this is one complaint I will agree with. We, you still get a lot of Bruce. You don't get much Batman until a, a certain spot in the middle, and then not none until the climax. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've heard people say that you could call this Gotham the movie because this feels more like an ensemble piece rather than riding Bruce Wayne's shoulders. Granted, he still has a lot of standalones on his own in an arc, but this is less of a, this is the least Batmany of the trilogy because yeah. you don't get much Batman. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, and also, I was kind of sad that Alfred leaves like a third in. Okay, so I, I'm actually going to like stone cold disagree with you because okay. I will say... Um, I mean, it jives with the motivation that he's got. I, I, well, I think it jives with the motivation, and I think, I think you know, I, I love Michael Caine's scene yeah. where he says he can't... You know, can't and admits to Rachel's letter and stuff. Yeah, and like can't let him you know, kill himself this... and stuff. But I will say, while I, I, it is a bummer, I, you know, I love Michael Caine, I think he's wonderful... Mm-hmm. While it is a bummer to lose him for a lot of the movie, uh, it is... So, I mean, I know some people don't like the ending, but I think it's great. It is so rewarding to have him yeah. give that speech, and then you see him at the... He's the last well, thing you see in the movie. See, well, the last thing you see Bruce. is Blake. But the last thing you see of... Uh, you, see, you see Bruce then the out last, the last The last time. thing yeah, you yeah. see of Bruce... I think... I do believe that it pays off so it well. It does. And I think that... I, to me, that negates... The, the loss I could have dealt with it we, if we, like, I guess we're just assuming he left Gotham because you feel like otherwise you would have seen what he was up to during the whole crisis well if he was in Gotham I think he would have found a way to like get involved so yeah he probably wasn't there yeah I think they, they just don't go to, it's less his story um, and okay let's just touch on uh, what, we, what we were just talking about in the whole intro the first time I saw this movie I was mad hype for Bane 
Um, I had just seen Tom Hardy in a movie we both enjoy, Warrior. Mm-hmm. Um, Warrior is a movie that like, everyone should go see. Yes, it's a very underrated, good sports drama. I don't like sports, and I, love, I really love that movie. Um, but uh, he was in, no, he was in Inception, which is how uh, Nolan formed his obsession with him, because now he's in uh, uh, Dunkirk as well. But he, that was a very small role. But I knew from Warrior, like, this guy can act. Bane's a cool character, and the teases were getting uh, Why did you just put your nose on my laptop? I, w- I, I had an itch, and I didn't feel like lifting my hand. I feel like it takes more effort to lean your head for. Anyway, Tom Hardy. <laughs> yeah, it's not all over my laptop. Thanks. Yeah. But so I, you know, they, they did an interesting. You kind of look back at those trailers. That is, like, there's some great cheaters and trailers for this. Like I said, building up that. Um, they didn't show that much of Bane in terms of dialogue. I noticed the recordings they used were different in the trailer too. So when I first saw the movie, and granted, that opening scene is also awesome. The plane stuff. I think that shows you what what, what it, like a much more epic and intense ride you're in for. Mm-hmm. But when he, that first line, well, perhaps he's, you do it. I don't remember what it is. Perhaps he's wondering why someone would shoot a man before throwing him from a plane. Uh, that, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> That's the voice? Because it sounds like a very a much younger and much happier Sean Connery, kind of. Like a gentleman. And I, I remember listening to a Kevin Smith review of this movie on his podcast. He said it, that it had to be intentional because it was kind of defying expectations. So granted, I'll give him that. But the first time I saw this movie, I had trouble paying attention to his dialogue because, like, especially when he gets high-pitched, like, oh, yes, this bomb is mobile. Like, I was just so taken out that I could not focus on Bane. Then when we watched the movie and was used to the voice, Bane's awesome in this. Mm-hmm. Almost yeah. everything he says is quotable, and it doesn't feel like he's retreading either the uh, previous films either. His goal may be the same as Roz, but the way he presents himself is very different. Yeah, I mean, I think... Uh Bane, Bane is different because he, uh, than, than, you know, with, with one thing I really love about Bane is that I, th- I think they did a great job of not trying to recreate the magic of the Joker. That would have been the worst thing to do, I feel. Yeah. Because well, everybody thought they were going to do the Riddler. Yeah, and I feel like the Riddler could have turned out to be a I think lot. he only even said that's why he wouldn't do Riddler. Yeah, and I think, so I think they did a great job at finding a very different kind of villain mm-hmm. because unlike the Joker, he has a clear plan with a clear end game. Yes. He's the ultimate suicide bomber. Yeah, and it's and it's it's pretty unbelievable. But in terms of the voice, to be totally honest, I think it's great. I, I like it a I lot. I like it now. Um, and I think it's it's like a little uh, it's it's a bit fascinating and it's it, it kind of leans into there's like this like there is this part of Bane that exists that like does have kind of like a a grandiose sense of self. When he usually walks around with a coat and he's popped up on his hands propped up like this. Yeah. Like he knows he's larger than life and kind of flaunts it. Yeah, he's he's like a bit of a he's like a bit of a show off. And the fact I, I kind of love it. The fact that and when like, he exposes himself to Gotham when things go down, he's got a very grand speech planned out. One of the best parts his speech went during the breakout when you see how the next things are going to it's epic. And oh, that yeah. speech is a big part of what makes and it. And the fact that he can't shut up while he's beating the crap out of Batman in the in uh. that scene in the sewer is 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 a real I think clear sign of like of like Bane's, like he's 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 cocky as all hell, but he has reason and, to be. But he has reason to be. But it's it's he's not like some he's 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 not some like modest like no. Anything. He and has I, been well he's been like well aware of Batman and been ready for what's about to happen. That and time. so Tom Hardy. I mean, this is just worth you know uh, look, talking about a little bit. Tom Hardy based the voice of the character off of a uh, famous bare knuckle boxer, um, not Bronson. No, no, no. <laughs> Uh, a, a bare knuckle bo- boxer who had like a very similar voice, but also was like a like huge dude. Not even huge. He was just like a very conceited, but like like very like. Uh, yeah. Now, Sam Hardy isn't huge, like uh, height wise. I guess 
He's above no, average, but not gigantic. But he's, a, but he's he's ripped. Oh yeah, I mean he him gained, Bronson. He, him in this. Yes, he he got he gained a bunch of muscles for Bronson. He gained more for Warrior, and he gained more for this. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Um, it's also interesting how much he's able to moat when because I don't people complain like this is an inter- you only see his eyes. Yeah, and I will say I think that's actually one of the other reasons I like the voice so much because he has to rely on it. Because yeah, he he has to lean into you. You get. Because, I mean, he does a lot of great stuff with his body, eyes. And his and body stuff. language. I love the and fact his... that, like, when the doctor's like, I said nothing. I mean, he just said that slow. Like, that's your ass. Yeah. Uh, I, I think, I, and I think, you know, uh, we we gain a lot of a lot of uh, 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 clarity of purpose through his voice. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I think, at the end of the day, I, I understand why people think it's, like, over the top or, like, a little bit dumb. And I also understand there's a lot of people who are upset that they've changed the character of Bane yes. so much from the comic. But at the end of the day, for myself, in in like a lot of movies, in like a lot of the Marvel Marvel movies, I'll go and be very excited to see like my stuff from the comics. But I don't I don't approach the Nolan Batman movies that way. I'm I'm here to I'm here to see a, a, a brand new thing that its own that, thing. that kind of is pulling from source material did, but is really doing its now, own thing. Now did you have any prior memories of Bane from the comics cartoons or, or certainly kind of from the cartoons. Yeah he's pretty um, cool in the cartoon. Uh, a little bit in, in the comics. We're not counting Batman and Robin. Yeah, I'm not counting Batman and Robin because fuck that. Um, he was the killer croc of his day. Ugh. I I I think one of the best lines in Lego Batman. Yeah, he actually did something. I think. Uh, yeah, I think you know Bane in the comics has always been was was always cool just because he was like he still had the swagger to him. Yeah, he still had the swagger, and he still had like the you know he's he is. Like almost unbeatable. This added and criminal mastermind slash psycho slash master terrorist on top of made that. him a little smarter like, and yeah. And I also you know we we I think an image that's going to always stick with every comic book fan in the world is is Bane breaking Batman's back over his the knee. The moment which, he was announced as the villain, that's what everybody was counting on because that is his most famous act in the comics. Yeah, and it's and if you've ever read that comic, it's an it's an unbelievable. Like, set, set up and fight right? to it. Yeah. He basically puts Batman through, sets a, a gauntlet up so Batman's fighting a bunch of villains so he just doesn't stand a chance by the time he fights them. But it's and, an th- and in this case, Batman's fight. out of practice. Yeah, and, but I mean, even then, it's like, I, it, we're kind of like led to believe that even like, Batman at his best might not be able to have beaten Bane in the sewer. Who knows? Has to, he has to train, and also the fact that he finally, that he's thankfully able to learn Bane's weak point. Yeah. Like, he punches him in the face like two or three times, but he has to do it like, to be fair, he has to do it like a dozen times before getting the pipes loose. Yeah. Uh, and he still gets the shit kicked out of him before that. Yeah. Um, but I actually do want to touch on, um, I, I think I brought this up, Dark Knight and Rises, each movie, one of the most intense action scenes is almost entirely free of music. The truck the chase, chase scene in, in the, Dark Knight, yeah. um, I, I'm not sure what the, what the vibe is, but it actually does feel like, make it feel more, make it feel more, more personal. Yeah. This is, you know, Harvey life is really on the line. Uh, it gets even, you know, it gets post, it's like retroactively more triumphant when you realize Gordon was helping out the whole time with the masked one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is the first scene, and I remember reading up to the first time, like, that is the most depressing fight scene in a Batman movie. Batman cannot face his mother blocker and just keeps cutting to like Catwoman and his crony just looking down on the fight. Yeah. Like, yeah, Batman, you suck. And it's just, and then actually notice they bring back the violin string right in the last second of building up to the back break. Because mm-hmm. that's when you know what's about to happen. Like, uh, like it's effective. Um, so let's talk Talia. Okay, I wish she was in a little more as Talia. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I like Marion Cotillard in general, so that's kind of a, a gimme she gets. This was one big bummer for me is that somehow, days before the movie came out, IMDb 
I was just going to look up. Uh, I forget what I was going to go look up, but I was looking up the movie on IMDb. And they put out set photos. And no, they put out they next to her character name. It said oh. it's, it had her character's name slash Talia. No, I thought there were set photos put of her riding the one that's one of the um, Batmobiles. They get that still could have meant anything. Could have meant anything, but no, I I knew she, she was sold Talia. like an ally in the fight up till. And it was a that was kind of a bummer because I never got to experience now, that reveal. Granted, I did, but there had actually been a ton of speculation up to that point. Oh, like there were a lot of people wondering, like, what is the scene of it? Like, like okay, we have Catwoman as the female lead of love interest. If there's this other one, it's possible she could be. And I, and they actually, they hint at it early on where, like, after the section, she has the tattoo. But the movie, just about, she says, like, my family's been plagued with a lot of things. Oh, but the movie yeah. does a good job of making you forget the because they throw so much else at you that I was genuinely surprised. And if you don't know, it's a good moment of, like, because um, I actually, I did, I remember thinking, like, the idea of Bane being the son of Rosal. I thought, that's kind of lame. That's a little too tied to it. But yeah. what they end up with is a lot cooler because it, it adds a little more of a tragedy to it. Where Bane wasn't really asking me because he was crazy, it was because he reminded Roz too much of the loss that mm-hmm. he'd gone through, and Bane was kind of a victim to that regard. And the fact that they actually you get that like, that brief moment, like Bane's kind of tearing up when he's telling this, like you get like there is a genuine, it's not even a loving thing. They are like comrades for life. I mean, I think he he loves her like like a daughter because he you get that flashback of her as a kid, yeah. and he also the one scene where you get like his his unmasked face goodbye. I was like, there's Tommy from Warrior. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's kind of a sweet even, the, but it is barely touched on. Then they have to rush into. I know a lot of people hated how Bane got taken out, but I I wasn't that upset because you kind of got like that epic fight was kind of already like you yeah. got the sense of defeat. He was he was already kind of pathetic by that point. He got beaten beforehand. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think but I think what annoys people is that it doesn't make it explicitly clear whether she was the head or if it was a tag team kind of thing. I think that's what bugs a lot of people. Oh, I think she was the head. I think, I think that's what bugs people. Oh, I that, guess that never really bothered me. It didn't bother me, but I get that. Like you know, you're led to think Bane is the head honcho, and then he was second head honcho. I'm like, he still did a lot. He still did oh, a lot. Yeah, I, I think they probably worked in unison a lot. It does kind of yeah. seem like she was. She orders him, him at the end, like shoot him or like keep him here while, and then he still goes against her orders. Yeah, but, I mean, I've heard people the first time they see that, like when the gunshot goes off, you freak out for a second. Do you think it's him shooting Batman? Yeah. <laughs> um, and man, he, he he is dead. He is quite dead. But uh, I want to get into the other things that I love about this movie. I think what this movie has above the others and all, most other movies, I think this is one of the most effective movies in building up and then establishing what a dire, how dire this situation is. Like, man, what a ride you're in for once. Like, I'll tell you, like, from the moment that like, the games begin, click, holy shit. Yeah. Like, just bam, bam, bam. I'm just taking everything out. Police are gone. Joker Literally tried, grabbing jo- a plane and ripping the wings off of it mid I'm talking, but I mean, uh, that's a great thing to show. Like, that and, like, the stock stuff, there's a good thing to show you. And then, like, th- do you feel in charge? But this is, like, when it's time to affect all of Gotham. Like, the fact that Joker's cheap trying to kill the mayor and can't do it, and Bane, because he has men on the inside, it's bam. That's, like, that's, that doesn't even matter to him. It's just, yeah. like, no, no, I'm going to... And the fact... I know people... I saw people complain, like, why did he want to keep them alive for so long if he's going to blow them up? And he talks about, like, in the... It's easy to miss. In the prison speech scene to the Bruce, he's talking about, like, suffering. Like, he's going to make them suffer and drag it out with that false hope. Mm-hmm. And then he's going to kill them anyway to show that they're suffering much for not. He wanted to make everyone suffer. Like, that's fucked up. And just, like, even with just, when you keep cutting back to, because the movie is kind of flashing between the pit and what's going on in Gotham. Man, I remember when the other thing with, like, those um those mercs come in to try and save him. Mm-hmm. He kills them. He's like, hang them where everyone can see them. And that shot of their car, their nooses, hang on the bridge with the music. Dun, 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 dun. I'm like, holy shit, Batman, hurry up. It's so good. Speaking of which, I will say one of the best scenes I love in, in, uh, 
like a superhero movie that is not actually like a fight between the superheroes is the moment when the police charge on oh the my inmates God. in the street. It's already pretty good, but you know they're going to get slaughtered. Then at the last second, bam, I just disabled their cannons. Go for it. Like, it's unbelievable. I've seen YouTube so comments good. like, like you, they, yeah, I'll bet there are plenty of ISIS cheering that on. Because um, like normally I'd be like, well, I don't really know these cops that well outside of the, the one who's hesitant and, and uh, Orton's elsewhere. But I was like, no, no, go for it, go for it. You got this. And I actually do feel that like they do it. They do a pretty solid job because they, they, they uh, cave all those police in underground. Um, oh, well... Oh like, yeah, I'm just talking about on an individual basis. That no, I know, but, it makes, know. It, but they do like a good job of making, making us, you feel bad for them. Making you feel bad for them, but also like making you know, us, there's still probably some crooked ones down there. But like Jesus, yeah. Um and and just that man, that whole climax. Oh yeah, fucking epic. And uh, just they do they do a good job of balancing stuff where it's like you've got Gordon in the in the things you've got. I love what they're doing with Blake. Um, mm-hmm. like get them out of the city. Why? In case we fail. And man, just I love that even see like once the fight has really kicked off. You've got him, you know, telling the orphan where to go. So that it's a battle. You still got that dun 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 dun. Like, like you're not losing that tension. You're not losing that momentum and that like go get him attitude. Like this is it's a make or break moment for everyone involved, and it's just such a great way to like like raise the stakes and cap things off like never before in the series. Yeah. Also, a quick thing, I like the fact that the the what we talked about the lies that are set up at the end of Dark Knight come back to bite him in the ass. Uh well, you know, like Alfred, Alfred didn't want to admit the letter from Rachel, oh, right, and that's part of what gets him to leave. And then, you know, the whole Dent act, like the fact that everything is based on the lie of Dent dying a hero, and being used that to advantage. He sees. I love the fact that he, he gets the letter. Jim he saves letter. it for later. And you don't. You know it. You're like when he's going to then. Bam, like that. Man, that whole montage, like the prison breakout, just like setting fire to building the point, but like, Jesus, it's terrifying. Yeah. And like court will be held. You just. You, 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 that's one of the great scenes of establishing. Like this is this is not even just Bane either. This has become a true force to be reckoned with. Because Joker's army wasn't that big, but this is like this is insane. And like everybody is truly powerless unless Batman can figure something out. And it's just it's wonderful. That is so wonderful. Yeah, I mean Bane in like inspires like yes. this groups in ways that Joker didn't. The Joker... fact that they're willing to die for him. Like, yeah. Beginning like how we started a fire. We put to find one of them. And the fact that like you know those two, he says like, I'm going to kill you, and they just, they sit around. Like, they don't flee. They sit around and wait for it. Like yeah, I screwed up. Like they're devoted. Right. Where more as like Joker's people. I mean, they talk about the fact when you know when yeah when, that, when, it, when Harvey Dent before you know when he like is interrogating the insane person in the back of the ambulance. Oh um, yeah, I first thought he looks like Killian Murphy. I kind of thought was that Scarecrow? <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, I actually thought that too. That was a good scene to establish the the coin, like you're leaving up there the luck, not exactly. And it's also it was a good it was a good scene to establish what at the time Harvey Dent did have his limits. He just he wanted to put up the illusion that he did. Yeah, but it did it did show his darker side a little bit. What well hint of what would happen when he got rid of the limits exactly. Um, also, uh, what else did I want to talk about? I think I brought up most of what I love, but um. How do you feel about uh, the ultimate fate of Batman and Bruce Wayne? Because I feel like that was divisive. Um, you know, if it was if it was a, a a comic book series, or if it was if it was a a Arkham Knight kind of pulls this spoilers. If it, if it was kind of like a if it was because a, 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 I was wondering and debating with people up till like you know they're saying like the end like they were they even put the trailer like you've given everything to the city not everything not yet like they were I'm sure they were hiding on the mystery are we going to kill him. Yeah. And I was imagining a scene where, like, Bane dies and then Batman, like, gets mortally wounded or something. They didn't do it with something straight, that straightforward. Um, to be fair, I was hoping I would cry when it happened. I guess because the, it happened so suddenly. The, no autopilot, gotta get in, bye. Um, but it's, it, and, but oh, I do love the fact that little Batman's last line is bringing everything full circle. Do you remember? Because Gordon's still like, I'm still never going to know who you are. And it's like, a hero can be anyone. 
even someone's doing something simple as putting a coat on yeah. a boy's shoulders on the other world, and that's how Gordon realizes that's 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 cute. Yeah, I, I mean it's not nice. just cute, but it's it's cathartic. Yeah, I, I like think, the I think, with that, that, I think they do a great job. The, the one of the reasons I like is that I, I don't feel like I feel like it, it ends well because we got to see in this world Batman's whole story. Like mm-hmm. there will be, you know, there will be someone know, else after him. Yeah, like Blake possibly Robin. Do the th- yeah, might become the the new Batman. And Bruce Wayne whatever. and Batman are legally dead. But he but got- we we got to see. I feel like it, it does something that not many superhero series do. We we saw the whole thing. Yeah. Well, I think I know people think. I remember people seeing him playing like Batman doesn't quit. That's the thing. And that, technically, at the beginning too, because I kind of wish he had kept fighting. Um, I kind of was okay with it because they just put him through the ringer. Yeah. And this and and be in dark. I'm like, no, you've you've earned it. You literally saved the entire city from nuclear annihilation. Uh, you kind of get the hit, and you get the, you know they they, they stop at the movie like he's not he's past his physical peak even with all the training and stuff. Like, yeah. There's also the cartilage and stuff. Um, like he just got his femur broken or whatever. No, you earned it, man. Go enjoy your life. I don't know why you're going with Selena, but I guess she's turned a new leaf too. And like you said, the Alfred the that last reveal. Just one nitpick I have is that um, it's a little confusing because they show him in the cockpit like right before it goes off. But I guess the idea is he would probably have to have an ejecting pod because he would not be swimming away. Yeah. So it's kind of a fool, a clever fool, but it's a little confusing. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also heard people saying, like, people were wondering when it came out if they were pulling Inception and we were meant to wonder if the last thing was Alfred's dream or fantasy. And, to, and Nolan had to clarify, no, 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 I wasn't going for that. That would be stupid. Well, I think it's because people bought into Inception a lot and that became like, for the record, I think he was away because I thought that was how the top wobble a little bit. Yeah. Um, and, but yeah, it's, it does put a good cap on things. Um, it's like I've, I've certainly spent a lot of this talking about my issues with it, but you've heard me just raving about like all the things this movie oh, does yeah. right. I think it makes up and still makes it like yeah, they could never equal Dark Knight, but it earns its place and it's it. I think it's a satisfying finale. Like I said, it does some things better than not just the other two, but most other movies in terms of the escalation and the stakes and in some areas the intensity. Because Dark Knight is more personal intensity. This really sells you on on like just the big picture. Yeah, like I've never felt more scared for Gotham. Than yeah, Martin I mean, there's, there's there's so much stuff. That's that's why I think that that's another reason I think this Bane works because he's such a showman. That like we see and, like, like the moment when he is like got like the the he's in the stadium making his announcement in mm-hmm. front of like all those people. It's, like, guys it's pretty unbelievable. Yeah, but he's just, it, it, it is like a case where it's like even in Dark Knight they kind of fool you halfway through and thinking the Joker screwed up. In this, it's not until the last half where you really like, like Bane is a force of nature. He's unstoppable. This is scary. Yeah. Um, like I was like, I know they're not going to do nothing, but I, I don't know how they're going to figure this out. And of course, Batman figures out a way. And of course, it involves technology and remote blocking and getting the police on his side. That's a cool thing too, where you know the police kind of accept him. Basically, all of the police yet. Yeah, it's it's pretty great. This this trilogy is pretty great. You know, I, I just to to kind of cap it all off. I think these movies are spectacular. I kind of think they're the gold standard for um, for superheroes, especially Batman. Or, yeah. just, I just kind of accepted like they're never going to top this in terms of Batman. They're certainly not topping it right now. No, absolutely um, not. But actually, you know what? I do want to like cap it off with one other thing. I got to post my favorite unintentionally funny Batman quotes because of the voice he adopts. Uh, a lot of people hate the voice. I don't for the most part. There was one moment in each movie where it's so crazy that it kind of makes me laugh. I'm not wearing hockey pants. That's, that's I, I'm gonna quote. I'm gonna quote Dave, Dave Roberts from Generation Animation. Every time they brought up Batman, he just does that quote or puts a spin on it. I remember them putting an idea on doing it in Little Mermaid, and that Sebastian would be Bane. Like, you think you knew the sea, but I was molded by it. And they call it Bane Crab. Because that's a video. Bane, Jesus that, Christ. That's a video. Bane Cat. Look it up. No, um, I think most videos, he's actually, 
he's not too bad, but there's one moment. The problem is for two of them, it's the climax. First one, I because I remember looking at this when he's like yo-yoing that that uh, that mole up, like swear to me, where you? You don't want to ask him where, have him asking where things are. Dark Knight, it's kind of even more so. His last line is the Joker: "This city just proved you guys full of people willing to do good." And just for the people who couldn't see John do that, he, it, it is such a pain in the ass to do that voice that John had to grab his chest and almost lose no, his No, I voice. haven't gotten to my favorite yet, and um, I haven't been getting much sleep lately. I feel like this last one's going to take it out of me. The mother of them, it's of the climax of the series. Where's the trigger? Where is it? You never have to know that it's Where is it? Where is the trigger? Where is it? <laughs> so he's just screaming, where is it? Over. It's so funny. Dear everyone listening, you just missed... Uh, an unbelievable physical performance. I was pantomiming Punching Bane. Did, did, I should do that video where somebody compiled it in different languages. So it looked like he's punching Bane for like two minutes, doing like, at one point he's going like, Say Nar! Say Nar! Tati Nar! And at one point he sounds like a, a true monster, like, bah, 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 bah. <laughs> Where's your trigger? Where is it? Where is it? Say Nar! Tati Nar! Tati Nar! Yimbochi Tati Nar! Christian Bale, I love you, and I think you're a good Batman and my favorite Bruce Wayne, but <laughs> there's so much where he had to know, he had to have some restraint. And dear all the listeners, I guarantee you that that was a very stressful bit of audio you just listened to. I got like three hours of sleep last night, so yes, I'm, I'm, I can feel my head a little fuzzy right now. It was worth it. It was worth it. Um, and what a great note to go out on. Um, I feel like this has been another one that's been a long time coming. Like, me and Chris talked about doing Sonic for a while, but me, individually, I want to do this for a while, I know you... You're one of the person I know the the most that has holds it in a similar regard. Yeah, and just kind of also kind of funny touching on like I did show this to Mimi, our grandma. I didn't tape them. That was until that was a fluke. I, I taped uh, recorded Darth Vader, and then just that started a trend. I remember being a little nervous that she would be intimidated by how dark and tense and serious they were. No, she loved them. And actually, Rises was her favorite. Interesting. I, I do know why actually. Mimi brings it up all the time. We watch like a blockbuster. She really loves just the base a basic good versus evil story. Mm-hmm. And I think that is at its most clear cut um, compared to the others, where the first one, they don't, you know, they kind of explain it to you till the end. And the second, the Joker is a very unique beast we're talking about in terms of his motivation and morality. Certainly evil, but a kind of a weird kind. Um, but, and I'd be very curious, like, um, if people want to write in with uh, comments on this trilogy or any individual entries, like, you, you can write in saying Dark Knight sucks or Rises Begin or your favorite, or how, like, my coworker begins the only good one. And stuff. I, I'm not going to argue with you, but I think it'd be curious to, because I am encouraging um, viewers to submit the feedback because we, we want to discuss it on the air. Um, also, I'm saying now, uh, you can also welcome to submit suggestions for the main topics for us. I can't guarantee we'll, we can, we'll do all of them based on like what me and Chris and the other co-hosts feel about certain things, but we want, we want to take fan feedback into consideration. Um, also, uh, Plugging time. Please consider leaving five stars on iTunes. And also, I heard recently some uh, iTunes users have reported uh, the app automatically unsubscribing them from certain podcasts. So uh, please check, if you're listening to this on YouTube or elsewhere, please check your iTunes subscription if that's how you do it. That's how we get about um, a third of our listeners through iTunes. So double check that. And if you need some help uh, trying to figure out exactly like what kind of review to leave, I know it can be difficult to have to like work through uh, you know, figuring out the right thing to say. Think, what would Batman do? Think... What, well, that's not what I was going to say. Okay. But I will say, just here, I'll write it for you. You just give five stars, you did, and then you just you write... You come up with ads for us last time. Thank gone. you. You just write, um, this is the only good podcast I've ever heard. See? It's that easy. That's a recommendation. What if it's the only podcast they've ever heard? Then that's still I think true. For, 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 
for our parents and Mimi, that's the case. Like, oh, John's doing a podcast. That's, that, that's Mimi's voice. That's not my mom and dad's voice. Mom and dad, you not sound like that. Uh, but you are much less podcast-oriented. Um, actually, does, does I listen to any? I don't know. Yeah, mom does. Mom doesn't. She's she's all about her iPad. Not so much. Not so much podcasts. But Patrick, thanks so much for. It's awesome. Being this here. turned out awesome. I think, and uh, we did it a very light high five in there. I don't we didn't want to break the mic here. We'll do a louder one for you people listening at home. Better one. Well, we'll see how how, how that comes out when I level everything. <laughs> um, and man, your your high fives always leave my my palms stinging. Yeah, that hurt me too. Well, thanks for that. But so again, th- thanks so much for coming. We'll have to have you on again at some point. And Patrick, where can people find you on social media? Like, if they want to he- hear what you're up to, uh, I am at Flurry P on Twitter. F L E U R Y P. That's where you should search for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless you're not interested in people tweeting about how much they dislike Trump, um, <laughs> then you probably don't want to follow me. Well, I, I technically fall into that category because I am a politics-fatigued man. Yep. But truthfully, I don't unfollow. I just mute. But I also do every once in a while post behind my back opinions kind of on games and movies I've watched. Yes, that too. I'm sure you've done a bunch of uh, Battlefront and Destiny 2 tweets. Yep. Uh, I think actually uh, after this recording, you're planning to try out Mario Rabbids. I am. And you just put your shirt over her head and expose it. Okay, anyway. Man, I wanted to make a joke about our, our hairy chest. Let's not. We're, we got some Italian. It's the Italian in our blood, people. All right, let's cut out. Though I'm better at growing beards than you. Until recently, you're growing a very nice little uh, stubble right here. I hate you. People, um, I am John Flurry, And I'm Patrick Flurry. And uh, do a bang quote. Just do something. Uh, I, I'll, uh, I'll take whatever's your favorite thing on the dollar menu. Uh, I think do... If I get... The dollar menu fries is is it still a, is it still a dollar if I get the four piece nugget? Wait, I can I can only get one of the dollar menu items. Uh, I'm going to take an apple pie. Was that from something, or did you improv? That was improv. Very nice. Now I'm imagining... He actually... His voice, you can imagine coming out of a uh, McDonald's speaker. Oh, yeah. That's where he's working now. <laughs> he survived he's, he's survived. His he's survived. His new double life. It's a good thing people, like... He doesn't need the mask anymore, I guess. Or he's wearing a hood. Like, I, for medical reasons. Yep. Good night, everybody. <laughs>